Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. I am your host, Steve Kent, and we have a lot to get to tonight. We have the NBA Finals to talk about. We also have the Stanley Cup Finals to talk about. There's quite a bit of of stuff to get to. We also have the John Morant suspension, which, yes, that has been handed down, and we will get to that as well. We also have the trade talks involving Bradley Beal. Uh, Looks like Bradley Beal may be potentially headed elsewhere, uh, as well as the Charlotte Hornets, and the Ottawa Senators apparently have been sold. So we will get to everything tonight. But a quick reminder, though, if you guys want to subscribe to the Missy AE podcast, you can do so by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE, or you can find us at any of your podcast networks, whether it, it, you know, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of figure we should probably get started tonight with the, well, actually, you know what? I, I, I think we should probably open up tonight's show with a little new show that is out called AEW Collision, which you can see live on TNT, actually, right now, I believe. They are live on TNT. Uh, So anybody who is a fan of professional wrestling or a fan of AEW you know, that's definitely a show that I think you would be interested in. And actually, as a matter of fact, we've already had a title change take place tonight with Luchasaurus defeating the TNT champion in Wardlow. Uh, We also had a big pipe bomb get dropped uh, by CM Punk, who absolutely loves to drop pipe bombs uh, everywhere he goes, and he didn't hold back tonight uh, when it came to his issues with the Young Bucks and the Elite, actually, because this is his first time in an AEW ring in 10 months since he had uh, that surgery and since he had that huge altercation uh, after a pay-per-view between himself and the group known as the Elite. Uh, let me bring in Lou, though. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Lou? All right, Steve. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great to be back. Um, we do, well, of course, 
you know, for anybody who was wondering, last week we did have our memorial uh, for our recently passed uh, Eddie Rahame, the uh, one of our moderators of Whispers. Uh, so part of last week's show was, or actually most of last week's show was dedicated mm-hmm. uh, to Eddie. But tonight we are fully 100% back with Sports Whispers Weekly. And Lou, I got to tell you, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that has uh, developed over the last week or so. And in in particular, I mean, we're going to get to a whole bunch of NBA talk uh, coming up. And also there is a little bit, there is a little bit of hockey to talk about as well, but let's start out with Mm. the Stanley cup as the Vegas golden Knights. Everybody, you know, everybody thought that this would be an even series. And my God, you know, Vegas, they, apart from game three, Vegas had basically their foot on the gas pedal the entire series. And let's just put it this way. Well, you knew all along that it was going to be Vegas. But I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody saw, though, Lou, just exactly how dominant. Vegas was going to be. Some I mean, people thought that, but yeah. You go, you. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I don't know what happened there with my throat. Uh, you go from a five to two win to a seven to two win. You lose three to two. Then you win three to two, and then you clinch the cup with a nine to three demolishing. Yeah, of Florida. I mean, my God, you know that. Well, I'll, now, I'll now wait a second. Right there now. is there is something that there is something I think that might have uh, played a part in this. Remember, Matthew Tachuk uh, was out, and I think that might have played a role because I think if Tachuk wasn't, I don't think it would be the blow as it was. I think they still would have lost, but I don't think it would be a ninety-three demolishing in that game. Oh, you know what? You're right. I completely forgot that Kachuk was out. Because of yeah, uh, was it was it injury or did he get suspended for what injury, happened at injury. the end of Game Four? Injury. Oh, okay. So it wasn't it wasn't it was injury. Uh, I thought he might have gotten suspended. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you saw what happened at the end of Game Four with oh yeah the, with the huge scrum that involved uh, him and Brandon Montour. As well yep. as, as well as a couple of members of the Vegas Golden Knights, and right. it kind of led people to thinking maybe perhaps there would be a suspension coming in the way of Florida because this happened right. after the horn had sounded, so there was no reason for there to be any any sort of scrum whatsoever, any sort of altercation. Yes, but Florida took it under uh, into their own matters and decided to go after Vegas like they did after game four. But in game five, though, and, you know, there's been a little bit of criticism as to who should have gotten the Smythe trophy, whether it should have been Mark yeah. Stone, uh, if Jonathan Audi Marchessault was the person to get it, 
mm-hmm. could it have been Jack Eichel? Could it have been uh, Aiden Hill? You know, there were a lot of – I believe there were four possibilities that they could have handed it down to. It easily could have yeah. been Hill. I could have seen the argument for Eichel considering I believe he may have led in points in the playoffs, yeah. I think. That makes sense. Uh, but I can I can see why they gave it to Marcheseau, though, because Marcheseau was yeah. the most consistent down the line for Vegas. Right. So it – you know, it made it made the most sense to me, at least, that they. You know, if I was a if I was a voter on that panel, determines who gets the Smythe Trophy. In my opinion, I think it would have been, it would have gone down to either Eichel or Marcheseau, and I probably would have given it to Marcheseau, even though Mark Stone did make a, a good case with his hat trick in Game Five. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is the same, you know, Marchessault is the same guy who flat out eliminated Edmonton with what, I think he had a four-goal game in one of those games. So, and, and, and a funny a funny stat, too. Uh, guess who Marchessault is now in good company with? When it comes to undrafted, when it comes to undrafted players winning the Conn Smythe Trophy, I have no idea. I was about, I was about to bring you in, Diane. Do you do you know who that might be? Nope. None other than Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky was the last undrafted player to and. and you know, I know people will say, well, wait a minute, he was drafted. Yeah, but that was in the WHA days. Yes. Technically, uh, after after the WHA merged with the NHL, Wayne Gretzky, technically, yeah, he went undrafted, but in NHL terms, he went undrafted. Right. So... And it's 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 funny uh, when you when you look at that because it it it, it, it kind of makes you think, you know, maybe perhaps being drafted isn't all it's cut out to be because I mean yeah you get drafted yeah. but there's never really it's never really a foregone conclusion that you're going to be successful. Exactly. Or if you get drafted low, uh, no one's going to say you're a failure either. I mean because. You know, because speaking of um, the draft, uh, the Joker, he wasn't drafted in the first round of the NBA draft at all. He was drafted in the second round. And mostly people think, well, okay, he's drafted in the second round. He's not going to be much of anything. Little do we know how much uh, Jokic uh, has become a star. Guys, I'll be right back. If I don't take this call, I'm a goner. I'll be right back. Yeah, you know, it's – it's funny that we that we bring that up when it comes to uh to Jokic because you know Jokic was in the was in the second round and ultimately you know he ends up winning the NBA Finals MVP for the Denver Nuggets which we'll of course get to that in a little bit but 
you know, this this uh, Stanley Cup road for the Vegas Golden Knights, it's definitely been, you know, for a team that's in it, that's in its sixth year in the league, I don't think anybody was expecting to, especially not not to mention a team that was in cap hell, basically throughout this whole uh, this whole ordeal. They had to offload Max Pacioretty in the off season just so that they could get out of cap hell. You know, I don't think anybody was expecting that all of a sudden we were going to get. You know, we, we were going to we were going to see Vegas not not only make the Stanley Cup final, but to actually win the Stanley Cup final. You know, I don't think anybody was expecting that at all. I mean, Diane, uh, let's get your thoughts. What what are your thoughts on Vegas? You know, uh, ultimately taking home uh, taking home the cup for the first time in their six-year history. Good for them. Definitely a – it, it, it's, it's definitely a surprise when you think about it, considering yeah. the fact that this is a team who, you know, on paper didn't really look like they were going to – you know, I don't think anybody was expecting them to make a trip back to the cup final for the first time since their first year. Yeah, it's an expansion team. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, especially as an expansion team, but yet here we are, you know, we end up uh, – we we end up going to the or Vegas ends up going to the Cup final, and then lo and behold, you know they end oh, up winning the Stanley Cup. So, yeah. I mean, let's get let's get your thoughts, Lou. You know, yeah. did you expect at all uh, for a team that was in cap hell like Vegas was entering this season? Yeah. Did you expect them to? even sniff the Stanley Cup final? Well, I was expecting Boston, as like most of us were, but between the Panthers uh, and Vegas, I did expect Vegas to win and, you know, get them in uh, five games. So that really didn't front. I mean, they still have six original players from their first year, which is remarkable in this day and age. And, you know, they, they had the experienced players, even though they were called misfits, but, you know, they had the skill and – you know, the right players, and that's how they won it. Florida, I think, was burnt out, and I didn't think he had much of a chance against Vegas. And as I've mentioned on my show and other shows uh, prior to this, it's not the money that wins you a championship. You can't buy a championship. What it takes is talent and skill. And the Vegas Knights and Denver Nuggets had the skill and the talented players to bring them their championships. If you're not performing well, I don't care how much you make, I don't care what your name is. You know, you need talent and skill and everything else. And, and of course, uh, you know, uh, charisma or whatever else. That's what it takes, uh, chemistry. That's what it takes to win a championship. Not much money you give a player. Oh, we're going to give this guy $100 million. Oh, we're sure to win a championship. No, that is a myth. 
okay? You need all the ingredients above to win a championship, and that's what the Nuggets and the Knights did to win it this year. All right, you know, you know what? Let's get let's get uh, Alex's thoughts uh, as Alex is joining us now. Uh, hey guys, Alex, we're talking about the Stanley Cup Finals uh, with Vegas winning their their first cup in their six year history after making it to the finals for a second time as an expansion team, uh, especially for a team being in cap hell to start off the year. I mean, did you expect? That they would even that they would even sniff the Stanley Cup final, let alone win the Cup final. I had a re- I didn't honestly pick them or have my sights set on them to win it all. Here, uh, moved along and along and along further. They 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 proved to be a really good, strong team, very physical team too. Aggressive, great defense, good goaltending, uh, mm-hmm. some really good goal scores. But yeah, I mean. Uh, they they really just had some great momentum at the end, but um, yeah, yeah, it's really impressive as you guys said that the, they had to overcome some salary cap stuff. That was a heck of a run for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a team. Hopefully, hopefully, I can bring this. Uh, I can bring this up here. Uh, this yeah. is a team that had to get rid of Max Pacioretty before the season even started. Ooh just so that they could clear cap space. And wow. they ended up uh they ended up clearing about seven point seven million dollars off of their cap off of their uh their cap space just so that wow. they could uh you know they wouldn't they wouldn't uh be at the cap ceiling basically. And uh, with this cap space they also brought in Aiden Hill from San Jose, who ultimately ended up winning them the cup. Yeah, he was terrific between the pipes. Yeah. Not just that, not just that, they also got rid of Shea Weber's contract uh, in back in February, which then allowed them to acquire Ivan Barbashev not only, uh, you know, not a few days later from St. Louis. And, you know, it, it really seems like that Max Pacioretty deal, it, 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 it looks how, – how, how should I put this? It, it looks minuscule right now. And also, not to mention, they had to deal uh, Evgeny Dadanov as well uh, in the offseason to Montreal. But just that one – those two moves – they may look like they may not look like much right now, or at the beginning of the season they may not have looked like much. But that actually, those two moves allowed them to acquire players like Teddy Bluger, like Jonathan Quick, like Ivan Barbashev, yeah. you know, and like Aiden Hill to set up this Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah, yeah, they had a great, great uh, combination of all those. Great thing that you and Lou mentioned. Good timing, a little bit of luck, great talent, great defense. Other people stepped up. Aiden Hill was a big signing, so it all came together. That's what you need. Now, let's go on to the other side of the coin, though, and we'll start with you, Lou. What happens with Florida now? Because you lose the Stanley Cup Finals. You, you literally 
tasted the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Where does you know where does Florida go from here? Because I mean, I could t- I could take a quick look. I'm pretty sure they have quite a few players potentially hitting free agency. Oh, and by the yeah. way, there's a t- there's a ton of injuries too that we're going to get to because mm-hmm. there's qu- there's quite a few injuries uh, that they were dealing with. But I mean, you t- just just taking a quick look at who they may be losing. Mark Stahl is a free agent. Uh, Radko Gudis is a free agent. Uh, Alex Lyon is a free agent. Their backup, their backup goaltender, that is. Uh, yeah. Colin White and Uh-oh. Eric Stahl are free agents. So Colin White, hey, Diane. Yeah, maybe so he, maybe he'll come back to the Devils. Right. It's so hard to get back to the mountain, too. It's a deflating feeling when you lose the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you do tend and to not to, mention, not to mention, there's other players, too, that are going to have their contracts coming up for an extension, like Sam Reinhart, Anthony Duclair, Lisa uh, oh, uh Ryan Lomberg. You know, there's quite a few players. Gustav, Gustav Forsling, Brandon Montour, uh, Josh yeah. Mahora. There's a ton of a ton of players that have their contracts potentially expiring next off season that they're going to have to address. Like, Oh, you know, who are we going to potentially, you know, resign here? I mean, obviously every single year or every single off season, there's always potential changes to be made. Uh, you know, we'll start with you, Lou, here. Do you yeah. think Florida makes extensive changes, or do you think they try and roll back with the same team that they had la- that they had this year? They better, because if you lose Stahl, you're, yeah, I don't think you're going to have a chance. You know, you're, you're losing your what you first, uh, Kessoff and, and a few of the others. Uh, White, you know, maybe I can write the Devils. I can help them. So, if you lose these key players, there is no way that you're going to be able to repeat this year. They're trying to rebuild already. Oh boy! I mean, talk about one and done. You know, so if Florida loses these key players in free agency. It's going to be a very tough season next year. I've seen teams that have, you know, won the cup, won the cup one year, and then crash and burn the next, going from first to worst. And from what I'm hearing right now, from what you tell me. If that's the case, Florida is going to have a very difficult season next year. And looking on the other side as well at Vegas, Vegas, you win the cup, but at the same time, you have players that may be looking for for massive paydays. Uh, just for example, Jonathan Jonathan Quick is a free agent. Uh, Lauren Prasat is a free agent. Ivan Barbashev is a free agent. Teddy Bluger is a free agent. Aiden Hill. Oh, Aiden Hill. He's going to get the big money now. With him being a Stanley Cup winning goaltender, you're, you damn well uh, bet he's going to get money this offseason. Uh, the same thing that happened with, uh, with Jordan Bennington back in 2019 after the St. Louis Blues won the Cup. Uh, Phil Kessel is a free agent. 
Brett Howden, Nolan Patrick. Uh, I mean, let's let's go let's go over to you, Alex. You know, contra- contrasting Florida and Vegas with their free agents, uh, their pending free agents here. Uh, I mean, we'll go we'll go with with both Florida and with Vegas. Where do you think both teams uh, go from here? Win, uh, winning a ring means every, everything in the world, right? So I mean, that's an instant advantage. Not you know ninety, I'd say almost ninety percent. If you, you don't, I don't have the numbers. Obviously, it's not a fact, but the great majority of professional players want to return to a championship team, right? Better repeat, you know, stay, right? Stay with the best, you know, be the big bully, be the top dog. I mean, that's that's pretty damn cool as a professional athlete. So they're going to have a lot easier time to 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 retain to keep their talent, I would think. Florida's a great team. They're proud to it, but you know that was really deflating. They're they're probably going to have a, a tougher time getting keeping their top dogs on their on their roster. Yeah, and also uh, to mention here, Vegas only is entering this off season with only three point four million dollars in cap space. Wow. You said, you said Vegas is? Wow. They're going to be yeah, in hell again. Well, yeah, then that's, yep. that's going to make it interesting. Maybe I digress. But that's going to make it interesting because, you know, players yeah. get offered twice as much money to go to Pittsburgh or Boston or somewhere else. They don't need the ring that much. So, I mean, they need to, set, they need to free up some money. Yeah. You know, it just I mean, kind of makes you wonder. Winning a ring is incredible. I didn't mean to understate that, but I'm just saying. If you just got a ring, that you you could leave for a lot more money somewhere else. You know, mercenaries about exactly. But uh, right. so it is what it is. Yeah, show me the money. Because because I mean, you you take a look at you take a look. Obviously, Aiden Hill is a free agent, and he just won the Stanley Cup as as the winning goaltender. Uh, uh, their goaltenders right now are Robin Lehner, who missed the entire year, and he's making six million dollars, and. Huh. I believe the backup is Logan Thompson, but Thompson, I think that was due to injury that he missed the rest of the year. Uh, Those are your, those are your two goaltenders for next year. If you're looking at Vegas right now, assuming Laner comes back healthy with Aiden Hill winning the cup though, if you're Vegas, do you look at potentially dealing either Laner and actually, more than likely, it would be dealing Robin Lehner and his six million dollars. Yeah, they got to be creative. Maybe that's the move they make. You know, they have to mm-hmm. be savvy and work that cap. Can't keep them all. Can't yeah. keep them all paid and satisfied. So, yeah, they get they got some work to do. I didn't I didn't realize honestly that the the, uh, the cap was that tight. So, yeah, it, uh, maybe then it might be pretty darn tough for them to keep a lot of their top players. They got to be really creative. Yeah, I, you could potentially see quite a bit of quite a bit of free agents head elsewhere. Because I mean, Jonathan Quick, okay, you know he's heading in the twilight of his career. Maybe perhaps he may sign for less elsewhere. Uh, I mean, he made five point eight million. You know, he made five point eight million this if year. If he's, if he's kind of old and over the hill, it'll probably be a, a, a target for the Rangers to go after. Uh, you know, retirement is a possibility, Diane. I yeah. would not put it, uh, cause, 
considering that he was he was contemplating retirement after he got traded originally to Columbus before he got traded to Vegas. So, you know, it's definitely a possibility that he could potentially retire. I mean, he's got three Stanley Cup wins, you know. Uh, he, he, made, he made his last, uh, you know, the big contract that he had signed with L.A. was literally a – it was a 10-year deal where he made around $5.8 million per year. So – you know, it's uh, he's wow. 37 now. I mean, does he really? Th- if anything, he's probably going to be a backup goaltender. The rest, you know, I hate to say that for a guy who's been elite as yeah. he has been all year, or you know, all, his so whole sorry. career. Yes. Yeah. I mean, time waits for no one. So it's like his age yeah. is his age. So it's a fact. You can't change the can't change the number on the license. So. Yeah, right. they can keep him around, but yeah, the age is not on his to his benefit. Sadly, but true. So, if anything, I could see him if he chooses to continue playing. I could see him signing for around maybe two to three million per year, possibly, depending on depending on the team he signs with and how much cap space they have. Uh, yeah. But, you know, retirement, in Di- uh, to Diane's question, retirement, I feel, isn't out of the picture. You know, I think it is a definite possibility that he could potentially retire when you factor in it's possible. You factor in everything. Yeah, so is it not? Um, then again, though, you know, everybody's going to always want that Stanley Cup caliber goaltender and the experience of a Stanley yeah. Cup uh, of a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. So, I think I wouldn't say exactly that Jonathan Quick uh, is definitely headed to retirement, but well, you know it is potential. There is potential I mean, there is a possibility. that he could uh, go. Yeah, it's an option. Yep, it's an idea. Could happen. I mean, just think about it. Aiden Hill. You know, Aiden Hill is going to be heading to free agency, and wow. you know, this is a guy who who bounced back and forth from team to team. You know, uh, he bounced back and forth in the Arizona organization. Then he joined San Jose for a year, and then he was with Vegas. So. You know, this is a guy at the age of, at the age of twenty seven. You know, having just won the Stanley oh, Cup, he's he's definitely going to be looking to get a payday. You know, kind of similar. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't say he would get as much money as Bennington, but it, he's probably going to be looking for around that same type of deal. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, that's probably in the neighborhood. I'm a little low key. I, I, but, I ate some off. I thought it was awesome Chinese food, but it totally zapped me and made me sick earlier. So, sorry if I'm a little bit under right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all right. But you I'm, know, I'm, 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 fighting, I'm, too, I'm fighting through it. I'm just missing some of my uh, my big energy. Uh, it's called uh, getting sick off the Chinese, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
another thing to keep uh, to keep in mind here too is that Aiden Hill. It, it, this is, I guess, could I say this is a bit of a buyer beware sort of situation here, where yeah, he has 101 games worth of NHL experience, but he's you know. Uh, through games like with San Jose, Arizona, and Vegas in the regular season, he only has a 45, 39, and 6 record Yeah, through 101 yeah, games. He, he, he really kicked, you know what, though. I mean, he was, he was dominating. So I'm looking at him right now. I mean, yeah, he's had a little bit of a not checkered pass. I don't want to sound bad, but, you know, he's, he hasn't been a total consistent all-star. But um, 76 overall pick. He's six foot six. I mean, the guy's big, athletic. I mean, I think he, I think he is going to deserve a big, big payday. You know, this is really his break and coming out party. And let me just bring, let me bring up the Jordan Bennington deal here real quick. Actually, uh, after uh, do you guys, do you guys, do you guys think Aiden Hill deserves like a, a whopper of a deal, or does he still have more to prove? Maybe I'm wrong there. I mean. Mm. I, let's go with you first on that, Lou. What do you think? Do you think Aiden Aiden Hill deserves a mat? Do you think he deserves a contract like Bennington got when Bennington got a six-year, thirty-six million dollar deal? So basically, Bennington right. is on the hook for six million per season with St. Louis yeah. right now after that Cup win. Do you think Aiden Hill is on that level, or because you know what, Bennington well, yeah. is actually a guy. Bennington is actually a guy that you can kind of compare him to, because after Bennington, uh, after Bennington had that huge season, his yep. numbers started to taper off, and he started, mm-hmm. you know, his, his numbers started to taper off, and it was kind of like, huh, maybe this guy isn't as good as. Mm. As he as, as he originally yeah. showed us, he was. Yeah, that can be a factor too. Because right after the Blues won the cup, I mean, what have they, you know, what have they done since then? And the same thing with uh, Washington. When the, after they won the cup, they all their numbers started to uh, taper off. I mean, they haven't really done anything since. So wow, you got you got a hangover. Or they got they kind of got a yeah. became a fat cat, maybe a little bit yeah, lethargic. <laughs> It doesn't well, it, you know, you, you know, you you say, you you laugh at that, but it's actually the the, ha- the hangover oh, is so actually true. real. Yeah, it's absolutely real it from, from every baseball diamond to hockey arena. You know, in every sport, hundred percent. I mean, a oh, lot yeah. of these guys they're, they're yeah, probably you know they're probably having a little bit too much fun. They're now now suddenly they're even bigger than they used to be. So like yeah, they're everyone's forget, hot shot. Because you forget, they forget maybe you, know, you won. It, but you got to remember, yeah. oh, I forgot. We have to go back and try to defend our title. And, and, everyone's, you, and then you realize, oh, gunning. wow, this yeah. year we stuck. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's gunning for you. And then, yeah, maybe they don't go to, you know, to the gym as well. Or maybe they're eating, like, a little bit more pizza. They're basically, like, celebrating or rewarding themselves for winning it all. Yeah. And all those other players and all the leagues are kind of pissed and gunning for them and trying to take their spot. Diane, what are your, what are your thoughts on on this whole situation with it, with Aiden Hill? Do you think that perhaps uh, with him winning a Stanley Cup in and quite frankly, he wasn't even you know their number one choice. He was an injury replacement. He was like Sergei Bobrovsky with uh, Florida. 
do you think that Aiden Hill deserves uh, a big contract extension after being a Stanley Cup winning goaltender? I don't know. I mean, well, he's not as good afterwards. Yeah, that's well, you know that's yeah. definitely a that's definitely a big worry because I yeah, let definitely. me bring up let me yeah. bring up Jordan Bennington's numbers when Bennington won the cup. He was 24-5-1 in the regular season with a below two goals against average. Impressive. The very next year, he had uh, he had a 30-13-7 season, which is a good, you know, better yeah. stack. Uh, he had a worse goals against average and a worse save percentage, though. Uh, only a 2.56 goals against average and a, and a 91.2 save percentage. However... Uh. His goals against averages since then have gone up. You know, uh, in 2020, he had an 18-14-8 and eight season with a 2.65 goals against average. Last year, he had an 18-14-4 and four season with a 3.13 goals against average. And now yeah. this past year, he went 27-27-6. Now I I will I will preface this. St. Louis absolutely sucked this year. So you can say I don't again. know if all yeah. these numbers are really on Bennington because yeah. they absolutely sucked this year. But sure uh it is worth noting that the last couple of seasons St. Louis has been in the playoffs as well. Right. So despite those numbers that he's put up, St. Louis has made the playoffs uh, with the exception of this year. Uh, but he went 27-27-6, and 3.31 yeah. goals against average, and an 89.4 save percentage. Wow. So that's kind of a buyer beware sort of tale here because I can tell you right now his trade value – is probably next to none. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, is. San Jose, or I mean, St. Louis, if they're looking to offload him, they're probably not going to get a lot for him. And no. you could see the same scenario here with Aiden Hill. If Vegas makes potentially makes the same mistake that St. Louis did and sign Aiden Hill to, like, say, $6 million per year, you're going to be stuck with an albatross of a contract. And if Aiden Hill uh, ends up turning into another Jordan Bennington, you know, maybe Aiden Hill has a good year next year and then he sucks the entire rest of his career. Yeah, yeah. It's real time to watch, folks. So, and it's stunning. Don't they have space from like $3.4 million? It's going to be hard to get to pay a $6 million contract for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here's the – I think the thing that is going to help Vegas a little bit if they do re-sign him is that Bennington had better stats than Hill. When, before yeah. the contract extension. Because uh, Bennington, his, his contract extension didn't come until two years ago. So right. he had 
the previous two seasons, he had had a combined record of 54, 18, and 8. Those previous two seasons, which warranted that extension. Now, with Aiden yeah. Hill, you know, Hill, his numbers are all around, you know, 45, 39, and 6. Uh, you know, there's still the question, can he be a legitimate every day, or not every day, but majority starting goaltender? Or That's the big question. Does, you know, it, or does he need does he need his starts to be evenly split? I guess yeah. I mean, either way, you got to roll the dice. It's a calculated risk because we've seen yeah. plenty of players earn that big contract and make it look make them make the the suits sign the checks look brilliant. But then we see yeah. other people totally flop and become a fat cat, or you know what I mean, or maybe get injured, unfortunately, or go through something personal. I mean, there's no sure thing with these contracts. It's always going to be a risk. Right. And by the way, according to, according to Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman, Ivan Barbashev could look for more than $5 million per year and on the free agent market. So chances are he's gone from Vegas because – it's very likely that Vegas will not be able to offer that much, especially with the fact that he's more of a third line player and you're not gonna you're not gonna offer somebody like that you know, all that money. Yeah. And I just came on to some breaking news here, fellas, even though it's not really to what we're mentioning here, but uh this I think can be pretty significant. Um you guys are familiar with West Virginia uh, basketball, right? Yeah, not near. Uh, yeah, sort of. Yes, yes. Bob, yes. Bob Huggins is expected to resign after his latest incident after getting hit with a DUI from last night. Oh, boy. Here oh, we go. Wow. Oh, wow. You got a couple couple uh, yep. big marks against him recently. That's not DUI. Yeah, that's not good. Before. Well, you know, I think, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's a way of I – think, I think that's a way of sort of – uh, lessening the blow for you know he doesn't want his off off the court incident no. to reflect on the on the uh, on the university. So I think that's why he's why he's stepping down right now. I yeah, mean, but no, the I, thing it, is that, sure, but the thing you shouldn't done in the first place, you know, true, you know. <clears throat> Like a month ago. Um, actually, it happened just uh, recently, and you know, he was fighting with the DUI, uh, which yeah, of course so really uh, you should. I mean, you're supposed to set an example for your players, and you know, you go out and do something stupid. This, how do you think you know uh, kids, kids are going to feel? Oh, well, he did, so I guess it's all right. No, and you're supposed to teach your kids, you know, your your players is an example of what you should and shouldn't do. And you had to be, of course, a buffoon and do something in stupid and get driving with a DUI. No, no. I, I, know, I know what Alex was talking about. Alex wasn't talking about that, Lou. Alex was talking about the remarks that he had made right. uh, yeah. on, on a radio show in Cincinnati. When oh, yeah. Right. Uh, he used, used a homophobic slur 
and he started making anti-Catholic remarks uh, mm. on a radio show. And a lot of people believe that he should resign or be fired as a result of it. And ultimately, uh, nothing ha- nothing ended up happening. I think he he might have gone he might have gone uh, and done some training or whatever. Uh, but I think this ultimately, you know, this DUI is was the cherry on the top, essentially, which basically made yeah. them say, okay, you know, we need to, you know, we're not going to fire you. We want you to resign. And, and also, can he, he could have he could have an assistant coach or an intern or maybe a college senior, you know, some nice girl from that school that, you know, but maybe like a sports manager. He, he has a million ways to get around or an Uber or a yeah. The guy makes millions a year. Does he really need to be getting sauced up and driving himself? I mean, that's not a good move. But then what? you can't even call an Uber. That's, that's just terrible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's worth like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you can't go on Uber. Have some of my mom's call on Oreo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, honestly it's it's kind of uh, yeah. It's need a higher It's kind of it's what what's the word I'm looking for? It's irresponsible by him. So obviously, you know, we'll have. We'll have more information on that as it as it develops here. I'm sure there's probably going to be more stuff uh, that's going to come out surrounding that. Uh, we do have a purchase to finally announce. Uh, the former Montreal Canadiens minority owner, Michael Andlauer, officially won the bidding war for the Ottawa Senators for $950 million. Say what? Whoa. Um, Which is about... The Ottawa team is actually in Montreal? No. No. They're just just changing ownership. And this is actually... This is actually about $300 million more than what the the franchise value is uh, is at as mm-hmm. the franchise is valued at about six hundred and fifty five million and their winning bid is nine hundred and fifty million. So he will resume uh he will resume the or assume I should say, not resume. Yes. Assume control of the Ottawa Senators organization. Uh, real quick, let me bring on my friend Kyle, who oh, yeah, I know Kyle. we have, a, we have a, a huge bone to pick here, Kyle, uh, yeah. involving the U.S. men's national team bringing back Greg Berhalter as their head coach. Correct. Yes, yes. So, for anybody who has not paid attention, Greg Berhalter got uh, fired from the men's national team after there there was something that came out where in 1991, uh, supposedly he had kicked his 
future wife in the legs after an argument, and that ended up being investigated. And then it was later revealed that it was Danielle Reyna, who is the mother of one of the soccer players for the men's national team, Giovanni Reyna, who contacted the uh, the soccer federation about the incident because she was frustrated by comments made about her son after the team's elimination from this past World Cup. Verhalter uh, yes. had publicly addressed issues regarding an anonymous player for a lack of commitment and poor attitude and confirmed that the team had held a meeting to determine that if the player were to remain with the team in Qatar for the remainder of the tournament. Uh, Reyna had confirmed that he was the aforementioned player about whom Berhalter was speaking about, and he had apologized for his behavior while criticizing the decision to publicize the information. So there was a probe into that dispute with Berhalter's wife, and on back in March it had concluded that U.S. soccer was not in the wrong for hiring him as the national team coach. Uh, however, you know, during this time, during this whole uh, this whole investigation, you know, he was basically they had they had let go, they had gotten rid of him, and they had replaced him uh, as the head coach with B.J. Callahan, one of his assistants. And since then, U.S. Soccer had actually improved, but now. Uh, it has been announced that Verhalter will return as the head coach of the United States throughout, uh, through the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Mm. And sporting director Matt Crocker has cited Verhalter's vision as well as the experience of, uh, and growth mindset on and off the field to move the team forward uh, as the reasoning for bringing him back. And right. Kyle, I know you have a bone to pick with this, so let's go to you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, the United States? Instead of taking steps forward, it seems like they've taken steps backwards now. Right. Yeah. So first off, I want to apologize. So you can probably hear like I'm at work, but I want to complain because uh, it's like a crazy topic. Okay. Why? Why on earth would you fire a guy and then? five months later, bring it back. Like, literally, like, hey, like, it'd be one thing if, let, let's say, let's say it was Pep Guardiola, Guardiola or, like, you know, another amazing coach who's, like, proven himself. It's like, Greg, what have you done for us, man? Like, cool, like, we got off the group stage. Like, then we got whacked by, like, the Netherlands. Like, mm-hmm. did, like, did anybody honestly think we were going to go far? in last year's World Cup. Like, honestly, no. if, you know, if, if people really think about it, like, you know, no, like, but I don't get it. It's like you had a chance to get, like, anyone pretty much you wanted, you know, not anyone. I'm not going to say, you know, USA is not Argentina, USA is not Brazil, you know what I mean? USA is not Portugal. Yeah. But if you, if you said, like, oh, we're, we're improving our team, we're making some forward. I, I can make an argument right now that Giovanni Reyna is the best player on the United States roster. You can make an argument. So why would right. you bring back somebody, you know what I mean? It, it's not like, oh, like he had, he had a problem with, you know, our, our third depth, like, center back. I can't even name him, you know. Like, I, you know like, so it's, 
So for me, I'm just like, why would he bring back somebody who didn't want to start Gio at all? Like, I understand, like, maybe he was lackadaisical because of his coach. Like, sometimes you get, like, a player who doesn't like the coach and he doesn't show up. Yeah. So I don't – I just don't get why, like, why we took four steps forward and five steps back. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I really don't. Like, you said, oh, we're – we're looking for a maybe coach and you end up back to square one. You know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. So for me, it's, right. it's kind of crazy, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, overthinking it, you know, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of, like, soccer fans, like, USA fans aren't too happy with, like, understanding. Oh, I can, t- I can tell you for a fact there's not a lot of fans that are happy. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, you and I know a uh, you and I know a mutual friend uh, who has called into the show before, Nick, uh, who is definitely not pleased with Bear Halter being brought back. Right. And just to, you know, j- just to give a good comparison here, the United States just whooped Mexico three to n- three to nil a couple of days ago. Yeah. The last time they faced off with Mexico was a one to one tie under Bearhalter. And I mean, yeah, you know, United States under Bearhalter, they whooped Grenada seven to one, but let's be honest, the yeah. talent mismatch there is significant. But Mexico yeah. Mexico is a little bit of a closer talent, uh of a closer talent level. And the United States was just far more far more aggressive. Uh, this Time against Mexico with uh, with Bear Halter not being on the bench, you know, not controlling the team. So it, it just seems to me like they're basically going to take steps backward here and and bring him back Bear Halter just because he cleared his uh, his investigation. And I mean, let's be perfectly clear, you know, they fired. Uh, Bruce Arena for oh, yeah. not being able to get out of the qualifier. And I mean, honestly, you know, Bearhalter didn't do that much better. So, you know, it's it's clear yeah. that there's that there's a change that needs to be made in in U.S. men's soccer, and it looked like we were going to get that. With uh, with BJ being brought in as at, at this point he's the interim head coach, but now Bearhalter's back and BJ BJ Callahan's going to go back to being uh, one of his assistants. You know, it, it, I'm I'm worried that we're going to go back to the defensive mindset uh, mm-hmm. of Bearhalter and. You know, we're going to basically, instead of playing to win, we're going to basically play to not lose. And that's what yeah, killed yeah, us that. ultimately in the World Cup. Isn't that because, the same you know, as playing to win? All mm-hmm. coaches are going to have different mindsets and different strategies and different ways they call the shots. That's that's what being a unique yeah. you know, coach in any sport is about. But I just, I'm sorry. And I, I love soccer, man. I, 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 I really, really love right. sport. For, since I was a global kid, I worshipped it. And then, um, um, just seeing that mindset, I'm sorry. Everyone likes to see goals scored, but like when you're totally defensive, it, it's just boring. 
it's like a disservice to the sport. I don't think the players really appreciate it either because they're kind of yeah. playing like not yeah, lose. And- so that's got that kind of not, not a championship mentality either. It's like playing scared. Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, and ultimately, and if you're, and if ultimately you're, being you're, defensive is what costs them. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but, but um, I was just going to last to say, you know, if you're up two or three goals, obviously, ding, 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 you, you can get defensive. But when you're going in on 0-0 zero, zero with the full 90 minutes to play and you're already, like, playing not to lose, that's just really weak, I think. Isn't that the right. same as playing to win? No. Well, because playing, no. If, you're, if you're playing not to lose, if you're playing not to lose, basically what that is, like, say, you have, say you're up two to one and you're playing not to lose. That's, yep. you're, basically, you're basically trying to waste time, essentially, out there on the field. Yep. Uh, by, you know, passing. I mean, I understand that, that soccer is a sport of space. I understand that. Yeah, that exactly. sp- soccer is a sport of spacing and everything, and that you have to try and basically open up the field. The problem is when you're playing not to lose, you're keeping the ball in your own zone instead of yeah. instead of uh, right. attacking in yeah. the opponent's zone. And so basically, the longer you stay in your zone, the more you're opening yourself up to either a game tying or a game losing goal. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You open up the time, kind of leaving a Pandora's box open. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. And, and then, again, you know, players feed off that negatively because if they're not being told to go and be ultra aggressive and push the pace, you know, it's like they're just kind of like not taking the upper hand, not being the aggressor. The best teams, nine times out of ten, they're the more aggressive team, whatever sport. But, it's like, I just hate that mindset. You don't, yeah. you don't see hockey teams. You don't see hockey teams play like not to get scored on. I don't know. I think, I think it's kind of garbage, but whatever. Alex, you know what um, this reminds me of, kind of, like, uh, Burl yeah. Halter's, like, tactics? It kind of reminds me of, like, like I hate going back to this, yeah. but, like, kind of reminds me of, like, Danny going, hey, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like, let's continue what we're doing. We're up, you know, by 10. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. how are you going to get, you know what I mean? It's like you have to get pressure to the best quarterback in the league, arguably – We'll go down as uh, one of the greatest. You know, if you do it, mm-hmm. you know, I hate saying that. I hate admitting oh, yeah. it. But, uh, you know what I mean? But it, it's just like, like you guys said, it's like the longer you, you're, you're <laughs> me too. It's okay. We'll get over it. It's our year. Hey, let's head to the next But, uh, you know what I mean? Um, but the longer, like you guys said, like the longer you're in your half or like in your zone, it's, you know, you're, you're asking for them to say, okay, cool. Like, we're going to make it so much easier for us to score. And, you know, um, yeah. Like I said, you can make an argument that Gio Reyna is the most important player on USA, or the best. I'm not going to say most important, because that's holistic, and we get that, and we understand that. But I can I can make an argument right now that Reyna is the best talent-wise, like, on the USA roster. Him and Weston McKinney yeah. are like, probably the two, you know what I mean, probably the two big guys that I, I can say. And then how, how did he not say more than 15 minutes all of the World Cup? And I'm like, your best Arguably, your best player only saw, like, 15, 20 minutes of, like, walk of time. And I'm like, come on, really? Makes no sense to me. Yeah. And not just that. Yeah. Not just, not just that, but also Bearhalter didn't even trust Reyna. When Reyna said that he was ready to go and he right. was, that he was healthy, <laughs> instead, Bearhalter said – instead, Bearhalter benched him 
basically, for the entire World Cup. Yeah. Right. And ultimately, that that lack of that la- that lack of offensive firepower, I believe. Oh, okay, maybe the Netherlands still would have beaten the United States. You know, may, right, maybe right. the Netherlands still would have beaten the United States, but at least it would have probably been closer. Right. So it's you, just so I, I just I just feel that Bearhalter is not the right guy. So, I don't think so. It's crazy because, like, Theo was playing, it puts more pressure on Virgil, Van Dyke, and the two center backs, and your, you know, your, your uh, two left and right backs. So it puts more pressure on the defense. Like, yeah, Virgil Van Dyke is arguably the best center back in the world. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, with Weston McKinney coming in and, you know, Gio on, on the, you know, the other side, and then even politics, you know, coming in, it, it puts a lot of pressure on a defense that's very good. Like you just said, like you never know. Like you'll never know if Gio was in there. Would he have scored? You know, I can say sure, maybe. We we don't know. You know, it's the what if game. The what if game and the Andrews game are the two funnest teams to play in all sports. You know, it's like what if yeah. Cam Newton fell on, the, fell on the football? What if Russell? You know, what if Russell? You know, didn't throw the pass? What if? You know, Jalen Hurts didn't fumble last year in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What if? You know. I think we can go on and on. on, on what, what, if what, the, what if the Falcons didn't? What if the Falcons didn't stop throwing the ball with the whole half left? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Never change. Never no, change. So. Got you somewhere. Like stay, stay successful, <laughs> right? Never, no, never stray away from like your best strengths, right? You can't. You cannot play sports right. good. I don't care what league. The best athletes don't play sports. Right. Let's get a. Let's get Lou's. Let's get Lou's thoughts because Lou, you you follow yeah. you follow soccer as well. What are your thoughts on Bearhalter, uh, essentially essentially being brought back now by U.S. Uh, by the U.S. men's national team? Uh, you know, we saw how pathetic of a of a performance he put up. He yeah. put up in the World Cup. <laughs> uh, everybody mm-hmm. thought it would. Everybody thought he should be fired after the cup. Which ultimately he did, but it, it was under different circumstances. Uh, Lou, what what are your thoughts on on him being brought back now under this uh, situation? Well, I mean we have been doing better, so you know I think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad move at all. I'll be honest. You know we did we did beat a very tough team Mexico today, so uh, you know this might be a, might be a good sign, and you know with. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get ready to prepare for, you know, um, the the Gold Cup, which uh, starts uh, in, a, in a couple oh, of days. I right. think this is going to be, you know, yeah, this is going to be a, a you know a great opportunity. Yeah. So we beat Mexico in this. Now maybe we can concentrate on winning in these um, other tournaments. Hopefully, I, we I will. really want to see them break through. I know the best yeah, team I coming do. up, I want to see and I'm no guru over the sport, but I mean, I know a little about soccer. I mean, I, the best team I've ever seen for America was. What yeah. with uh, Landon Donovan and those guys, Lexi Lawless, uh, Tim, right. Tim Howard was a total gem in, in the cage. But it's like we're never we're never even coming close to that le- level again. It's like we can't. I know it sounds really kind of silly for me to say it, but it's like I, I feel this way sometimes. They can't find like ten or fifteen or twenty or thirty, you know, incredibly elite players. But you know what I mean? Brazil has hundreds of players like that. Feeder programs everywhere, thousands of players. 
And, right. and then you'll see us, even with even if it's due to the coaching now, it's like sometimes, you know, USA can't score a goal the, the entire game. It's just stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. they should have more talent and more firepower by now. That's that's the way I, I yeah. feel about it. You know what I mean? It's like they're just lacking the star talent, I guess. It's a lot of kids play hoops. A lot of kids play football. But these other countries, it's straight to the soccer field. So there's a difference. And we also there and We can't overcome it. We just can't we overcome have, the deficit of talent. Yeah, and we have Canada coming up tomorrow, too. Wow. And I want them to make yeah. It's just like through the disparity of talent. I mean, you can make four or five Brazil squads that can play with, with – you can have four or five Brazil lineups play against the USA. It's just like these other countries are just deeper. So, so tomorrow we, we have Canada, right? So Canada has yeah, right. Mayak, which I, I, I forget his name. He's amazing. He's really good. And Alfonso Davies, you know, from Bayern Munich and arguably one of the best left backs in the world. He doesn't even oh, play okay. left back for, you know, yeah. Canada. He plays, he plays left mid or even he plays at a winger spot. You know, he plays well, left wing or, you know, so. That's so a good intro there. That's some good, some good scouting yeah. report. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that. No, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Bayern Munich like, fan overall. Nice. Like I said, Alfonso Davies is, is, <laughs> Davies is my favorite player. So, you know, awesome. tomorrow is going to be a real test. You know, you know, you have a guy yeah. who plays in Ajax. You know what I mean? Ajax is the best team in the Netherlands. They're always, in, you know, in Europa or uh, the Champions League. You know, they're always very competitive. They, they're kind of like Bayern in the Netherlands. They're always winning the yeah. Netherlands. And so tomorrow is a big test for, for us. You know, and yeah. tomorrow's gonna be a. You know, are you gonna start Gio? You know, are you gonna mm. start Gio on you know a guy who's yeah. very, very quick like Alfonso Davies and you know and that striker from um uh from the Netherlands from Ajax. So, I guess tomorrow is gonna be you know a big big point. Like, hey, Greg, like this is on you. And you know, we have Gio, we have Weston McKinney, we have Polisic. You know. A lot of transfer talks about Christian Borsig this offseason or just, uh, you know, transfer one of their eyes and bed. Um, so, tomorrow's a big test for, for us. You know, Canada is no slouch. You know, they're always playing us tough. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be a very competitive game in, um, in Vegas. And so, like I said, wow. I mean, tomorrow, it's either put up or shut up for Greg. You have one of the best young strikers on the USA roster now. So, it's like, Greg, it's like the ball's in your court, man. So, What's going to be the excuse? But let's say we get knocked out of the group at home. Time to step up. At home. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of like Lamar and Baltimore. It's like oh, yeah. it's your time this year. You know what I mean? It's like put up and shut up. Greg, like, because if you don't do good at this World Cup coming up, guess who's not going to have a job? It's going to be you. Wow. And you're going to be in the same position type of yeah. you know what I mean? So. And so, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to sound like I was. I didn't mean to sound like I was a Debbie Downer, but you know, I hope they break through. I hope yeah. these guys, these kids, become awesome. Right. Just, I've been, I've been waiting. Like, I haven't seen a brand, uh, Landon Donovan in, in years. So it's like maybe these new guys that you you have a little bit more knowledge on. Maybe these are the next crop of great players. I'm, I'm hoping for it. Yeah. Right. And the other thing you got to think about too. The other thing you got to think about too is how long are you going to decide to waste? the good years of Christian Pulisic, too. He's With awesome, him yeah. obviously being our, as far as goals-wise, so far he's our number one striker. You know, yeah. 
how many yeah. how many years of his career are you going to waste at the national level by yeah. having a defensive coach? That's it, it, that's, it, that's egregious. Not cool. Point blank. You know, and actually, let me double check. Okay, Matt Turner. Matt Turner yeah. is is still on the on the uh, on the current squad, so he's probably going to be our right. goal, our goalkeeper. Um, nice. You know, there's there's a lot of young talent on this roster, and you know, like like uh, Kyle said, you know, they have the opportunity to potentially break through. With yeah, we all, the yeah, with yeah. the talent that we currently have, but obviously, you know, it, it's let me sort of equate this to the Bruins when they got rid of, uh, you know, they ended up getting rid of Bruce Cassidy, which honestly, in hindsight, you know, it's now looking at it, it's not really, a, it wasn't really a good move because Bruce Cassidy won the cup this year. Sure, but. Yeah. Take a look at what happened to the Bruins after they got rid of him and they hired Jim Montgomery. They broke all these records. Now, granted, they yeah. did lose in the first round, but they broke all these records. Yeah. They had improved significantly okay. with a different voice at the helm. And I kind of feel like Team USA needs that because yeah. it's obvious these players, you know, even though even though they claim uh that the past is in the past when it comes to the issues that he had with certain players that they're claiming now that the past is in the past, but is it really in the past? Yeah. Is it ever really in the past? Because there is something like to bite you. So yeah. is it ever really in the past? So is it is it tell. really in the past it's only, or it's only there's only one way for them to to show it they got to go out and win games I don't know, yeah. stuff but I mean yeah, it's up to them no no media no coaching staff even I mean the players have to win but no Steve I love what you're saying though I mean he he really is I don't think I'm not the, the suitable coach you have young kids they they're probably some, one of the faster lineups at least they got that you know what I mean fast young talent. And they're not even being yeah. told that they can, you know, push on the flanks and you know, play play attacking ball. It's like they're all defensive. It's the kids are probably confused. Like, hey, we just want to score goals, yeah. not not run up the clock. It's a bad fit coaching wise. I think I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I really do hope that maybe perhaps things will be different the second go around, but. Yeah. I on, and and hopefully maybe he decides to actually trust his players when they say they're good to go instead of yeah. holding a grudge against a certain player like he did against Giovanni Reina. Because I you know I still so petty. I I still believe I still believe this that if they had had Giovanni Reina out there in the World Cup that okay maybe we may not have beaten Netherlands regardless but we still would have probably put up a better fight than uh, the, what, what was it, three, four to one uh, demolishing we had against the, against the Netherlands? Yeah. What was his, um, guys, bring me, any one of you, bring me up to speed. I didn't, I'm not the most knowledgeable on, what was the beef? What was the reason? What was the discord? Why, why, why were they kind of pissed off at each other, Reina and the coach? What did he do to piss yeah. off the coach? 
Weird. Uh, right. It had something to do with his mother. Like, his mother was... Well, of course. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, his, his mother was the former girlfriend of Bearhalter in college or something. Uh, Whoa. There's a good action. What you say and, no bueno. <laughs> okay, now I see why. So, basically, uh, Bearhalter had claimed that Reyna had a lack of commitment and a poor attitude. Now it's coming back to me. Yeah, I remember this. They were, and he was yeah. really like airing him out in the media. It was ugly. It's petty and pretty ugly. And not, and not just that, but it had been revealed that Bearhalter had been confronted during the tournament about damaging personal information that was floated to to his superiors. And wow, wow. Uh, Danielle Reyna, and actually Danielle Reyna wasn't his girlfriend. Danielle Reyna was the friend of his girlfriend in college, who you oh, know. Okay. Bear Halter's girlfriend eventually became his wife, uh, but sure. Danielle Reyna basically used that as blackmail. Because, oh, I can't, I can't even call it blackmail because it happened after she brought it up right. after they were eliminated. Uh, basically, she did that as retaliation for. Wow. Uh, Bearhalter leaving her son out of the World Cup, essentially. Because he only played in four games, he only played 52 minutes. I mean, that's really like uh, Bush League, like, uh, come on, Bully Guard Antics. He's got to be a more mature leader of men, which is what a head coach should be. He sounds like some uh, pissing off another another family friend or something. He, he doesn't really sound like he's he doesn't really sound like he's carrying himself as the way a head coach should respect uh, it. You know, Team USA. I mean, come on. This guy sounds like he's, like, you know, spreading rumors and acting like a little, you know what. <laughs> he's right. focused more right. on strategy and stuff. Like, he's not very, uh, very immature for us. A national team head coach? Jeez. Right. Maybe you have better trainers right. than that. I mean, this is, you know, just to compare... Uh, could Reyna have made a difference? Giovanni Reyna once dribbled past six Mexican defenders in a single run before he lost control of the ball. And basically after that match, it was compared to Diego Maradona's goal of the century run during the the quarterfinals of the the 86 World Cup. That's awesome. Memory. So. That's the type of skill that Giovanni Reyna possesses at such a young age. The fact that he's being compared to Maradona, a Mexican, or uh, I believe Mexican, yeah, a, or no, yeah. an Argentinian uh, legend. To be compared to be compared to somebody like him, and right. you know. In, in, in probably the most important games of a soccer season or a, of a soccer year, he basically only played uh, an average of 13 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this was, this, was during, this was during moments when the game was basically already decided. Wow. Amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, this guy just sounds like not 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 really great head coaching material. Seems pretty petty. Yeah. So yeah, now I definitely side with you guys. I mean, I, I think we all pretty much want him a, a change at the head coaching spot. Yeah, I think I, I mean that's just you know obviously they'll say well you know the soccer analysts and whatnot know more about the sport than you ever will, but you know yeah. when you look. <laughs> when you look at it from the outside, you know, it's, and you, and you get the chance to study the game and study, you know, how players react out there on the field. It's clear as day that they were playing in the, they were playing in the world cup, a tournament where you play to win they were basically playing not to lose. And in games that they were playing not to right. lose, they still ended up losing. So, you know, uh, that right there should be enough of a sign that they need to move on permanently from Bearhalter, but we're not going to get that. So... Go, going on to where we go from soccer now over to the NBA that has its own problems in the NBA. Yeah. And we're going to start with the suspension of Ja Morant. As Ja Morant has officially been suspended for 25 games due yep. to... Due to due to him basically holding up a gun in an Instagram live video, uh, and this is the second time that he had done this in the past, in the past year. And however, though, uh, a lot of people were expecting the book to be thrown at him, and instead, all he got was a 25 game suspension, which apparently. Yeah. The NBA Players Association is not happy with the length of his suspension as they're seeing it as excessive and inappropriate. However, the 25-game suspension will mean that he will not be eligible for seasonal awards such as MVP or All-NBA Honors. And all I got to say about this is First off, I think the suspension should have been a lot more. Yes, because I said this in a I said this in a previous podcast. NBA players are supposed to be are supposed to be role models for kids. What John ja Morant did, you know, as if people would think, okay, maybe after the first time that John ja Morant got suspended by the team, that he would learn his lesson. Oh, then this happens again. And you have, when you have former basketball players like Charles Barkley, like Kenny the Jet Smith, like, Sha- like Shaquille O'Neal, literally making fun of you on NBA on TNT for decisions that you have made, and not just, not just decisions, but stupid decisions like this. Yes. And, I, I mean, I remember listening to Barkley. He completely ripped him a new asshole on, on live TV. 
in my opinion, you know, yeah, he issued an apology, but I, I can I can guarantee you, there, this isn't the last time that we're going to see him fla- flashing around a gun. I guarantee you, it's no, probably going to happen no. again. And then, will the NBA finally uh, finally hand down uh, the hammer? No, probably not. They'll probably no. still slap. Him. They'll probably slap him with another twenty-five game suspension. Which, honestly, you know, I understand the players. Uh, the players' association is sticking up for their players, but it should have been more than twenty-five games. Exactly. All right, let's let's start with you. What what are your thoughts on? Uh, the suspension for John Morant only being 25 games. I think Not enough. I mean, David Stern was still in charge of this goal. There would have been a lot more things I think. I think he would have been 50 years, or maybe he would have been out the entire year. Now, I know I said they're off for Brent Spall and Osborne, so you know, you did it for not only once or twice, you think you were definitely idiot to be uh, physical. You didn't learn your lessons. You got to spend eight games. Yeah, I think it's definitely too tough. And then you do it again. You didn't learn your lessons. And you get to spend again. But also, I think the commissioner's audience is too many on that moment. I think there is a guy making a little less net. If you have to spend a more than that, then the way I got the message that you just don't screw around. You know, holding the stuff that's done, how it's been going live for all the other things, and, you know, causing effects for all the others that are going to stop the I mean, really, Moran, he's actually going up with it. I mean, I think he's always a great player, but it's actually that he's completely ludicrous. There's no need for that kind of behavior. Yeah. You know, I completely agree. You know, I I don't think there's any excuse for the type of behavior whatsoever that he's been putting out there. The fact that he is supposed to be seen as a role model, and we're we're just seeing a completely different side of him. Period. You know, uh, this yeah. is a guy. Let's put it this way: if if this stuff had come out before before he got drafted. He probably would have fallen. His stock probably right. would have fallen. Oh, it's, it's sort of reminiscent. It's reminiscent to uh, who was that? Um, who was that football player that uh, that had like a bong, a bong mask? What does what? What? It was was it Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, he was yep. hit, listening to oh, yeah. Cypress Hill out there. <laughs> he was hitting the bong. Yeah, with the when Laramie Tunsil, uh, he was projected to be what a top five, top top ten player. Yes, easily. Yes. And then the whole thing with the bong mask came out uh, literally the day before the draft, and then next thing you know, his draft stock rapidly dropped. Yeah. Yeah, they took a second round, I believe. He was projected top five, as you said. Yeah. So. You know, if this stuff had gone had come out before the NBA draft, John Morant's stock would have dropped completely. That's right. I mean, these are these are legitimate character problems that you know a team has to be really worried about. That okay, you know, 
this guy, you know, this guy claims that he's going to change, but yet this is literally the second time within the last year that this has happened. Right. So is yeah, he really be. changing, or right. is it just lip service? I, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but he, again, he was, he, um, he was really small school, no arrests growing up. He wasn't like the, the terrible stereotype of the thugged out player. He wasn't. But it's really sad. No. I mean, he's, he's surrounded himself with the wrong people, and he's been uh, influenced in the wrong ways. Yeah, I mean, you've had several NBA, you've had several former NBA players who have tried to reach out to him and try to help him. You know, try to help him see the, uh, you know, turn himself around. And he's just refusing. You know, he's refusing to to take anybody's help, basically. So, you know, yeah. and I have a feeling that ultimately this is probably going to lead him down the, wrong, down the wrong path. I would not be surprised if, if another story comes out in the future here. Yes. But, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle what, are your, what are your thoughts on uh, – I know you follow basketball a little bit. What are your thoughts on John Morant uh, only getting 25 games? For his suspension. So, so here's the thing. Yeah, so, so here's the thing with that. Um, if you look at, like, the, you know, the top five under 25 players, guys in that kind of game, right? You know, you got to yep. throw, like, Jason Tatum in there, you know, you know probably Jalen Brown, you know. Um, so my thing with that is, like, you're, you're a top you're a top guy. You're a top guy in the league. Like, you, like you've been saying, to you should be a role model. That thing is to be perfect, trust me. You know, you don't have to be like a, you know, joking, like a joker who's like, hey, I'm going to go back to Serbia and, you know, play with my horses because I'm bored. You don't have to be that good. You know what I mean? Jason Tatum, you know, still a perfect example. You know, he talks his trash, but he backs it up. So I'm like, God, like, you should be a guy like that, but you're not. And then, then another thing is like, think about it. What other profession can you just voice a gun? When I work for American, do you think if I put on an IG Live, do you think, and I waved the gun around, do you think I would get called into my president's office and say, hey, like, you're fired? Of course. So, it's like, why do we put these athletes on a pedestal? Like, you, like you're saying, Steve, you should be a role model. You should be like, hey, like, look at me. I went to a no-name school, and now I'm in the best, best league in the world. Like, I, I don't get when guys, like, Mary Tunnel, like, whatever it happened, right. like, that's a, that's a mistake. But, but a guy like Josh Gordon, who habitually just abused the system, I'm like, now at this point, like, you're, you're doing it for attention, and you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Like, dude, Josh Gordon was a megastar his first, like, couple of years in the, in the league. He was one of the best water receivers in the league, and he threw it away. So I'm like, dude, like, I get you're on a bigger platform, but, like, you're a bigger platform for a reason, so show why, hey, I, I went to Murray State. I went to a small yeah. college. Now I, I'm proving myself. Now I'm, I'm, I'm big time. You know what I mean? It's not saying you're talking right. to Josh. Like, 25 games, dude, is, is really nothing. You think no, at the end of the day, he, he's, going, he's like, hey, like, I'm going to work on myself. Like, are you really? Like you said, like, or is it all talk? Like, is it all talk? Or, like, we'll see. 
Because guess what? I guarantee you, if Adam, like, and I think Adam Silver's kind of a first over. I think David Stern would have kicked him out of the league. Personally, I would have said, you know what I mean? Like, like I just, like, was listening to, to something earlier. David Stern didn't let people freaking wear baggy shorts. Like, you think you're going to let, let someone wave around a pistol? Like, no. David Stern would have said, F you, get the hell out of my league, good riddance, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But I, literally, I, I it's, hope, it's, it's a slap on the wrist. Yeah. You know, and like you said, it's his second time. It's not like it's his first time. Okay, mistake happened, like whatever. You were with your boys, you did something stupid. This is now your second time, like you said. Second time in, in under a year. So what are you, like, what are you saying to kids? Like, hey, like, it's a, like, by all means, if you own a gun, like, and you have a license to carry, whatever. But not everybody's a multi-billion, like, billionaire basketball player who's influenced on little kids, like, so I, I, I'm just like, man, like, you have a big opportunity, and you're really effing it over, like, and you have so much, like, potential, and what are you now, like, dude, like, now you're going to spend 25 games, like, you're a bum, like, at this point, you're a bum. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just, it's a shame, because, you know, what's funny is that the Memphis Grizzlies have actually played better with Morant off the court right? than yeah. when he's been on the court. So, you know, I honestly think that Memphis, I mean, yeah, Memphis will be hurt by it, by his, by his absence, but I don't know if they're going to be that hurt by his absence. No, because no. they have shown that they can play better without him out there on the court. Yes. So, and you brought, you brought up a, a different, like, another thing I want to say. And, like, Memphis is, like, not that great of a city. Kind of like a, a, a shitty city, no offense to Memphis. So I'm just like, you had an opportunity to show, like, hey, like, hey, are you a part of the game? Or, hey, like, why don't we have basketball as an outlet? Like, you had such a golden opportunity to say, hey, like, look what I did. I went to a small college. I got noticed, and now I'm in the league. And now you threw it away. And now you're saying, hey, guys. It's okay to bang like a gangster. It's okay to make millions of dollars. Hey, it's okay because my boss, Adam Silver, can do nothing because uh, he's sending me to one of my games. So you're making a mockery of your, your own city that you play for. Hey, I love my city, right? There's a parade inside my what? Inside my city? Yeah, there's a parade inside my city when I'm out of the league because I'm a bum and I'm stupid for making horrible career decisions. Like, dude, it's such a golden opportunity. It'd be like, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be like, It'd be like if LeBron just got kind of, like, divorced from Savannah right now and stopped talking to his kids. Oh, I'm all about right. my kids. I'm all about Brownie going to USC. Like, no. Like, yeah, you worry about it, but you're a bum now. Like, it'd be the same exact thing. So I'm just like, God, yeah. like, you had such an opportunity to, like, prove, like, hey, like, look at me. I did this to my community. Like, you want, you're talking about a parade inside your city, dude? Yeah, there's a parade when you either shoot someone on action or, like, shoot yourself. Or one of your boys, because guess what? You're probably drinking. Let's be honest. Like, do you think God was drinking that those two times? Yup. Is alcohol and guns mixed? Nope. So I'm like, God, like, really think about, like, your decisions, what you, you're you trading the kids. Because, like, oh, oh, as you hold your phone up or daughter in the air, you're saying, this looks ready about your city. Like, how does your, your daughter or your son feel, like, as you're looking at her off or him up and say, 
oh, like, I, I promote, like, gun violence or whatever. That's what it takes to me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're a bum. Well, what's your take on this, uh, on this, Alex? Because, you know, we've been following the John Morant situation for a while now. Uh, the NBA gave him a slap on the wrist last time. Yep. And everybody expected that, you know, when this time came around, everybody expected them to drop the hammer. And instead, they've elected to basically give him – you know, a little harder slap on the wrist this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was 40. I, I, I won him to 40, 40 games. I don't think it would be, I don't even know if it's possible to spend him a full year. That would be pretty, they'd really catch a lot of heat and a lot of hell from um, the players' yeah. union if they did that. Because these guys are, you know, they're protected for good reason. But, I mean, not in this situation. But, yeah, I mean, they do have strong union work. But, um yeah, I mean, I thought at least 40. It seems like a slap on us. He did it twice, like you guys said. And then yeah. Obviously, didn't show any remorse. Oh, I did the same exact thing. And I'm going to give you the same, you know, few sentences, uh, copied and pasted yeah. apology again. Same exact cookie-cutter fake apology. It's like, what? <laughs> so, he didn't really show much remorse or uh, compassion. You know, he's kind of like, oops, you got me again. Oh, 20 games suspension. Slap on the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's already. Uh, yeah, it's it's basically like they don't even they don't even care at this point. It's no, he, uh, he doesn't and care. I found it funny. Well, yeah, he doesn't care. Uh, you know, right. even though he may put out this, he may put out this whole thing like, oh, uh, you know, I'm so sorry for uh, for the image I've put out there. But dude, you're not yeah, sorry. You know, you're you're probably gonna go. You're gonna go back out there and do the same shit. And, and you know, the thing I yeah. think that pissed off a lot of people too is the fact that Adam Silver went on TV during the NBA Finals and said that he believed that there was more than enough evidence to support a lengthy suspension, and that they didn't yeah. need to gather anything else. And, you know, when, when, when they said that, or when he said that, everybody was expecting, oh, we're going to get, you know, he's going to get hammered. And uh-huh. that, literally, this is all you give him? It's weak. Yeah. Sends the wrong message. It but it's been a player's yeah. league. I love the NBA, but that's not strict enough. and. It sends the wrong message again, and like you guys said, don't be surprised when it happens five more times. You're not getting punished. You're going to keep doing the same stuff. So what I mean, it's just ridiculous. He didn't learn a lesson, so I, I doubt he's going to change. I wish he would, but uh, chances are slim, I think. Yeah. I mean, he we had this laser dot, like a freaking terrorist, like a terrorist gun or a drug dealer gun in um, at the Indiana Pacers game. You had, um, what, parents or relatives of his all with guns, a massive entourage of like, people like a, like an army walking out, everyone with guns. Mm-hmm. And now he's done it twice in the strip club. He terrorized people. There, thought that it was maybe going to shoot them. And then he does it again. So it's not yeah. just like one time, oh, my bad. There's a lot of really huge red flags. And 20 games not enough. 25 games, whatever. Yeah. 
Because then yeah, it's just it's it's kind of gotten ridiculous at this point. And you know, you know, I know we're gonna be we're gonna be seen as just haters of John Morant or whatnot. But you know, it's it's completely yeah. different when 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 you're being looked at as uh, when when an NBA player is being looked at uh, nowadays as a role model to kids. And you know, the NBA they they they've wanted to. Uh, you know, really push the sport. I mean, it's already a mainstream sport, but, you know, they really love to get involved with communities and shit like that. And, you you know, you do all this community outreach and whatnot, and then you have something like this happen. Probably goes against the grain and the fiber of, you know, they're trying to really build good characters and help people out from all walks of life and stuff with great, great, great stuff with that all, all the way around. And then to let the face of one of the most popular players, maybe, I mean, right now, definitely. And he's just like literally acting like a felon and not getting any uh, penalty. Pretty, pretty sad. I mean, I'll put, I, you know, I'll, I'll make this comparison and maybe I'll draw a little bit of heat from it, but this is like uh, the NFL celebrating Ray Lewis for yeah, you know yeah. for, for his career when this is a guy who probably shouldn't have even been drafted because of the fact that he either committed either he committed a murder or he was an accessory to murder before his professional career. Yeah. That was some story. And, you know, it's, it's kind Can't of the reveal same the whole thing story with uh, – <laughs> And he never got – Yeah, it's trouble. kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same thing with, uh, with, with Brandon Miller of Alabama, who's now going to yeah. go into the NBA. You know, that whole nuts. situation. Yeah. Top, top three picks. You know, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, like incredible shooter. But, yeah, not, not good off the court. He literally uh, was asked by a buddy – if he could get a gun and then like later on after some drinks or, you know, late night and he said, Oh yeah, here's the gun. And then moments later, and he gets the, a girl, a single mother who's starting to become a doctor was visiting the campus. Yeah. Like an upstanding, really nice girl got shot. Cause he, you know, he wouldn't, she wouldn't, uh, you know, have fun with him. So he shot her. Right. And he gets fucking, ce- and, and he get and he gets fucking celebrated. They didn't yeah. even say, really say anything about it. I mean, what the hell? That's I'm not a lawyer, but that's got to be an accessory to a. You can't hand someone a gun and they kill someone. You're on the hook for that. That's ridiculous. They didn't even really mention it. <laughs> what? Wow. I, I, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't really know what else to, you know, what else to say. But it just, it becomes clear that the NBA doesn't really care about character. If they're, they're fine with letting him get off after something like this, you know, with, uh, letting him get off with only a 25 game suspension. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I understand. I can see, I can see where, te- where, you know, the players association thinks that uh, he's being made into a scapegoat or whatever. No, He's not being made. He's not. Yeah. He's being made into an example for a reason. He's being made an example of because 
this is a this is a a guy who refuses to change. And you know he could be one of those. You know if he decides to keep his hood ways, he could be one. uh, He could end up finding himself on the wrong end of a gun. And there you go. The uh, then what then what happens? The NBA loses one of their uh, one of their top young stars. Yes. Yeah, not a good situation. Not at all. So, regardless, it's. I think it's definitely. I I think the NBA should have been should have been stricter when it came to a punishment, but. You know, put it put it this way: his uh, the thing that'll be affected will be his wallet. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say that considering the contract he has, but it'll the thing that'll be affected will be his wallet because he won't be eligible for those bonuses. Yeah, because he won't be eligible for awards. So, true. That's one thing that'll be affected. It's amazing the, the amount of money. And and some guys like John Morant can be like, oh, I'll overcome it. To us, it's like, you know, just insane amounts of money. And he's like, he can lose like 30 or 40 million, not really blink. I'm like, wow, okay. A little idea. Yeah. yeah, you basically toss it aside like it's nothing, essentially. Yeah. Uh, like a night although, out. 20 you know, there, is, there is the possibility, though, that he could still, uh, I know they, I know, um, what I'm trying to remember which uh, which company it was, but they dropped his uh, signature shoe that was supposed to come out, and they ended up dropping it from their lineup. So, you know, I mean, maybe it is still possible that he could uh, lose some sort of uh, endorsement potentially. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's still. It's just it's just the fact that he's being allowed to. It, it, it's it's just the fact that it's that it's a slap on the wrist, basically. Yeah, sending the wrong message. Players league, and they've tried to change it a little bit, the image, but this isn't helping. Now, no. to be fair, if this was Draymond Green, if this was Draymond Green, he probably wouldn't have even been suspended. True. Well, the weird thing is, as we all know, if he's licensed, it's not illegal. So he can always just say, look, I wasn't breaking the law. I know it's uh, kind of a crummy thing to say, but I was just actually thinking about that the other day. I'm like, well, he didn't break the law. It's a a terrible law, you know, PR. So, So, Alex, that's where it's a thin line because he didn't break any law if it's a if it's a legit gun, if he, if he has an LTC and it's registered to him, there's no law broken, but it's an image thing. It, it's an image thing. You know what I mean? It, it's your top, I'll, I'll say this, he's a top 20 player in the league, maybe even top 15 player in the league. Yeah. And he's waving around, you know what I mean? But like I said earlier, if I waved around a gun and I work for American Airlines and somebody from American Airlines sees that, like, like I said, like it's an image thing, you know. So, it, it, it's not a morale or hey, like it, it's his second time doing it, and you're supposed to be, like you guys said, a role model. You're supposed to be a face of the league, a franchise, 
and, you, and you're pulling the shit. Like, it, it, so right. I think that's where the Players League Association, guys like Chris Paul and those guys are like, hey, he's not doing anything illegal. He's probably chilling in his boy's house. He slashed his gun. But, like I said, it, it's an image thing. Like, you can't be doing that. Like, I don't care if you're LTC. I don't care if you're Chris Kyle, the best sniper in the world. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for Reebok. It doesn't look good for, for companies who are like, hey, like, we're about, like, this. We're about, we're pro, you know, gun. We're pro-choice, you know, gun-wise. But it doesn't yeah. look good for people to say, you know what I mean? So I think that's where, like, the, the CPA is like, hey, like, he didn't break any rules. He didn't break any laws. But it's his second time in, like, He's, he's a top 15, top maybe even borderline top 10 player in the league. A league where, like you guys said, like trying to expand, hey, like, let's go to, like, Africa. Let's get these guys like Giannis. Like, hey, let's get these guys like right. Victor Wembanyama for his friends. So I think that's where it's like, hey, like, dude, you can't be doing that. Just because, like, like my mom told me when I was younger, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You know what I mean? Just because exactly. I can say in the F yeah. fuck. Doesn't yeah. mean I should say the F word on your podcast. Just because I can call somebody a exactly. word on your podcast doesn't mean I I should. Just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. So like y'all should like really take a like lesson from a five year old. Hey, what did mommy say? Mommy said you can have a cookie before dinner. What should you? No. So y'all really should learn from a five year old. Literally, you learn that basically when you're a five year old. Hey, right. mom said you could, but should you? Should I stay up till 8.45 and send no. my bedtime at 8.30? You know what I mean? Like, no. Just because you could do something, you shouldn't do something. So, Josh, again, just because you can wave your gun around, you shouldn't do it because you're face of the lead. Right. Regardless, you know, uh, Memphis is going to be is going to be without him for the first 25 games of the season, and who knows? Maybe those maybe it won't make much of a difference. Maybe they'll still be in the same spot that they would have been even with him. Uh, yeah. There is one other player in the news though, and that is Bradley Beal, who is expected mm-hmm. to be traded before next season, and there are two teams that are in the running for him, in particular the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns. And right now it appears that the Miami Heat might be in the driver's seat, potentially, as the Miami Heat are looking to build a deal that would consist of Kyle Lowry being the centerpiece along with one of Duncan Robinson and or, – or, yeah, one of Duncan Robinson or Victor Oladipo, yeah. one of Nikola Jovic or Haywood Highsmith, Jovic and highly, multiple drafts. Jovic right. is a pretty highly and, uh rookie. That's a good yeah. pick. But, yeah, that's not enough. But oftentimes and multiple – and also – and also multiple draft picks as well as part of that deal. Now, as far as Phoenix goes, and I messaged you this earlier, Alex, uh, Phoenix, they are looking – they can offer a trade package of DeAndre Ayton and Landry Shamit 
to go along with uh, picks. However, apparently Washington prefers that it be Chris Paul and Shamit. Wow. Which, the time was, to me, that's basically – why would they target him though? Sorry to, but like, is he ever going to be considered old? I mean, I'd, I'd probably try to trade for other people, not Chris Paul. Because yeah. we all know the older you get, the, the easier you get injured. It's been happening with Chris Paul. I wouldn't target him in a trade. Right. I mean, I mean, this is them basically doing. They're basically doing. Uh, you know, they're. they're Phoenix would be, or Washington would be doing Phoenix a favor because they have to get rid of Chris Paul anyways. Here's here's our best player, two-time dream team player, Bradley Beal, one of the best shooters in the world. They're, they're, yeah, that's not a, doesn't sound like a fair trade. I mean, it's it's kind of hilarious, honestly. Tough for the Wizards, yeah. they're They're not getting banged for their buck. Yeah. But apparently that's Paul, where that's awesome. where everything. Yes, yeah, you know that, that's Paul, where everything. Well, Hall of Fame player, but he's just he's old. I mean, why would they want to trade for him? Right. Yeah, I mean the same. You can you can kind of say the same thing about Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry is a little bit younger, but still. Uh, yeah. I you know I just oh, I, I just oh, honestly wait, I laugh I at Lowry. It. I'm going to save Larry. I'm guessing right now. Both from a blind squirrel who finds a nut. I think he's like 38 years old. And like Chris Paul's like 39. They're both right there on, uh, under the age of 40. So, I mean, I understand yeah. DeAndre Ayton. I understand DeAndre Ayton may not be looked at uh, as similarly as he was beforehand. But <laughs> – why would you? Why would you yeah. not want DeAndre Ayton as part of a deal for a guy like Bradley Beal? Yes, young seven footers don't grow on trees. I know he's no, well, no. his work his work ethic. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. On a roll here. No, but um, I mean, my yeah, God, target the young guys. But he has got like a questionable motor. I would be I would be enraged if I had to coach that guy. He's got to be a real headache. If he, like, doesn't want yeah. to hustle, then he wants to hustle, doesn't want to be a son, then he wants to be a son. I'm just like, make up your mind. But still, though, like, Chris Paul, you know, Chris Paul is basically falling apart. They're basically giving Beal away for free, essentially, yeah. by acquiring, by, by preferring that Chris Paul is part of the deal instead of uh, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, you're basically giving Paul away for or you're, you're giving uh, Beal away for free. It'll be nice. I mean, Washington, I, I would hate, if I were them, I'd try everything in my power because Bradley Beal has said that, he, he, that he's willing to say that he loves the area. They have Kuzma, uh, Chris Porzingis. They have a talented team. They really need to get their heads out of there, you know, and start playing better and not getting injured. But, like, they have a good core. So, yeah, it's not going to make them any better if they move their best player. <laughs> so, good luck with that, Washington. I'll say this right but, now, I mean, though. They have, good, I'll, I'll say, they, have three, they have three really, really good players, KP, Kuzma, and Beal. Yeah. That's a good roster. That's a good start. 
Well, Kuzma may not be around for long. There, there's talk of potentially unloading oh. Kuzma, apparently. Huh. Yeah, that's, yeah, there's so, kind of, maybe everything's not well in Washington because, yeah, if he leaves, and then Kyber KP might leave, might want to go back to the Knicks, so maybe everyone's leaving soon enough. All I know is that if Bradley Beal joins Phoenix for a steal like this, honestly, just on paper, just give the title to Phoenix on paper. It's going to yeah, be because yeah. I don't see any other team, even Denver, even Denver with how more well-rounded that they are. I don't see yep. any other team stacking up to Phoenix. When you have Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, and now you add Bradley Beal to that equation? <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's ludicrous. That's absolutely intense. It is I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just I, – I don't see anybody – I don't see any other team, especially out west, stacking up to them after that. Durant, Durant Booker, and Gil. And even whatever he gives you, even though he's a headache, he's still a talented player. So you got to have a big man. So, yeah, they have that covered, too. Yeah, needless to say, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be wild uh, out there. In uh, in and, Phoenix, and Dave, but refresh my memory. What did you mention before that it's really going to be targeted around Chris Paul? That's just crazy. They yeah, get so much more for him instead of That's instead awesome. of DeAndre Ayton. Instead of DeAndre Ayton, they want Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Wow, we get to sell tickets. Who knows? But yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe, they, maybe it is just to sell tickets. It could be possibly yeah, maybe that you is. Know, you may not maybe be they're about to, maybe they're about to lose maybe they're about to lose KP and Kuzma and then Chris Paul's their new leader and sells you know fills the seats. He's a really popular player, but that's not going to make the roster better. I mean, Bradley Beal's their leader, so. But you know, I mean, I would think if you want to sell tickets, if you want to sell tickets, I would think you would want to try to build around Beal. You're right. You're right. But we never know, you know. There's so many things behind the scenes. Maybe he says, you know what, guys, it's not working. I'm ready to leave, or I might sit out. So, you know, we never really know quite what that relationship is. It sinks for the fan base out there. But, you know, maybe he's saying, you know what, it's been uh, a joy, but I'm ready to leave town. Maybe he's demanding a trade. You never know. It's tough for Washington. They they haven't really been good in years. I mean, I haven't remembered. The last 10 years, they're always just kind of like, a below 500 team. Mm. Well, no, no, they got to they got to a couple playoff series with like uh, Caldwell Pope, obviously John Wall. So I digress, but yeah, he's their he's their real cornerstone. So it's frustrating that he he might be leaving. And even more the fact that he that he'll be leaving to go to you know to go to a team like potentially Phoenix, who would be ridiculously stacked. So stacked. I mean, uh, honestly, honestly, I think the better fit for him between those two teams, I think the better fit for him would be Miami because 
I can, you know, I could understand them giving up Kyle Lowry for him because, I mean, okay, yeah, they get, you know, they give up Kyle Lowry, you know, Lowry's near the end of his career. Yeah. So, right. he's had, he, he's you know, why run, wouldn't yeah, you? He's get, yeah, he's almost 40, man. And, come on, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. imagine being a point, a point guard in the, in the NBA, how much movement and agility and how much tread your legs, how much conditioning, injuries, fatigue, like they're at the end of the rope. They probably, they might have one year each, two years each tops, Larry and Chris Paul. I mean, it's five times undefeated. So, and they're playing point guard. They're running teams. They're running the offense. So it's like, I think, what do you guys think though? During the finals, I thought Kyle Lowry looked, looked good though. He still, he still got it. Yeah, I mean he does. Of course, he I guess. does look Not, like he, he still can't, has he, it. He but... can't play like can't play like forty minutes anymore, but he's still still got skills. Maybe slow down a little bit. Right. I mean, he does look like he still has it, but still, you know, it's... I'm not targeting him <laughs> in a trade. Like, I'm not looking to yeah. acquire a forty-year-old point guard. But what do I know? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want leadership, then yeah. You know, Kyle Lowry is a guy that you're definitely going to want to have on your squad. But at the same time, though, you know, I wouldn't really. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, younger uh, options. I mean, let me put it this way. He's a guy I would want Boston to add for, like, for, for, for example, uh, to add to their bench, he's a guy yeah, I would I mean, want you guys, you guys to add to their bench. Have, you guys already have Brogdon, so you guys are really already blessed. Yeah, he'd be great. He's a great glue, glue guy, really great competitor. So, he, so he obviously fits, you know, Pat Riley and Spolster. He fits the Heat perfectly. They're like a blue collar, tough team. So, but yeah, he'd be great. He'd be a great leader for pretty much any team. Right, he'd be great in Boston. Yeah, it's just I don't I I just don't see him as a centerpiece of a trade for no, such a was, big star like you know Larry was for such a big three or four or five years ago he was you know all star all star all you know you know probably five or seven or eight point guard in the league. Definitely. That was when he was really balling, you know, with Toronto. And then he certainly slowed down a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, he's, I, I don't think he's a real centerpiece to, to, look, to target and trade, but we'll see what they do. But something needs to, you know, so, something definitely needs to be done. Uh, yeah. Your boys are going to hold man, on to uh, Daniel Brown, though. Yeah. I was eager to see uh, the boss. You know, that looks like they're sitting pat. Yeah, you know that's definitely a, that's definitely a big question too. What's going to happen with uh, the Celtics if they're going to move on from Jalen Brown, or is you know because because we don't we don't know exactly. There's been talk that they basically want to build around Brown. And uh, 
you know, they want, they want to build around Brown and they want to build around Tatum. Um, from what I've heard, from what I've heard, I've heard the, 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 the one player with the biggest chance to move is Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Coming off of a career year. Such a good player, man. So underrated. Like, he, we, we all saw how really damn good he, darn good he is. I mean, he's, like, yeah. tall, athletic, yeah. great passer, really good shooter. Plays defense. Like, what what does he not do? He's a really damn good player. He was a huge addition. Right. And Phoenix is actually in on him as well. What? No. So he's a free agent? No. Wow. No. He's uh but Phoenix Phoenix is in on him when it comes to uh uh talking trade talks. Interesting. I really wouldn't want him to Phoenix is in, if I boss is in on him. Uh-huh. And they're saying they're claiming that Boston has been the the most active in trade talks this off season so far. Uh, I know they sniffed around. Um... Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to simply add. I was just going to simply say I think it's pretty common knowledge, but Boston is such a promising group. It's like you really want to move Jalen Brown and then what if you never get back so far again? You know, it's like really tough decisions they have to make because they feel like right. they need to get a little bit better. But sometimes when you try to get better, you get worse. You know, they might sign yeah. someone now and the person gets injured or there's a fight on the, on the, on the bench or like, you never know what the future is. So it's like, it's risky business to obviously to tinker, to, to change your lineup. Because they've been so darn good for for what about four or five years now together, right? Tatum and Brown, maybe four years, five years. Yeah, they. Uh, this is uh, this is the first year that the both they of them it. have moved into. Uh, they were an All NBA duo this year. Both yeah, of them made the All NBA up, roster. Your band, band is like awesome. You don't break up the band. Like they're a really good duo. So if you like want to make a little bit adjustments. You, you, you obviously want to take the, the ultimate step and, and stop finishing in, like, the final four. But it's easier said than done, you know. It's tough to make a roster better without risking making it worse. It's, it, everything's a risk with, the, right. with roster moves and stuff like that. So we'll see what they do. I think what Boston are your thoughts, Lou? Lou, what are your thoughts when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Boston? Because – uh, you know, a lot of people believed that they they didn't have that uh, you know, that roof you know, they didn't have that uh killer instinct in game seven yeah, against Miami. And yeah. you know, my Miami basically left that series open for them. You know, they, they left they the door open you know, for Boston to take advantage and Boston just ran out of gas at the end. So, you know, there's been a lot of questions surrounding uh, surrounding Boston. They did bring in uh, Sam Cassell, uh, who won a title with them in 2008. They brought in Sam Cassell officially from Philadelphia as former an assistant net. coach. Yep, former, uh, former net. So, 
Uh, he would be the top assistant for uh, – or actually, technically, no, he's not an assistant. He's technically an associate coach. Right. Uh, and they've also brought in uh, from Milwaukee the guy who was uh, – oh, God, who was it? There, there was a uh, Milwaukee assistant yeah. who joined Charles Lee. Charles Lee uh, joined uh, Boston as well this uh, this week after being an assistant with Milwaukee last year. And it, you know, it, it just it really seems like Boston is actively trying to make changes. To this roster, or uh, not to this roster, but to this team, as far as the roster goes, uh, there's been talk about a potential signing trade involving Grant Williams. There's been talk about uh, if anybody was to be traded, more than likely it will be Malcolm Brogdon, because well, I mean, let's face it, he's at the height of his. Uh, He's at the height of his of his trade value after winning sixth man of the year this year. So, you know, there, a, a lot of people basically feel that if there was any chance for Boston to win the NBA Finals, it would have been with this roster this year. Yes. So now that they now that they didn't win the NBA Finals and, and instead it went to Denver. Uh, you know, the one anonymous general manager was quoted as saying that any team would die to have the roster that Boston has right now. Right. So, I mean, but after that, you know, not after that collapse, I mean, like, what went wrong? You know, coming over the most high from being six. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, it's, you know, they had the momentum now. Uh, to take Game Seven of the Conference Finals, and oh. they just fell flat. They just choked. So close. And it's like, oh, do you get rid of Jalen Brown now? And then what if you, you know, hang in the standings if you lose him, or you don't know if you're going to be better or not? Tough decisions. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks surrounding. They can go team. get Bradley. They can get Bradley Beal for Jalen Brown right now, probably. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah, but I mean that would basically all they would be doing is appeasing Jason Tatum because Bradley Beal is a friend of uh, uh, a childhood friend of Jason Tatum's. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, would that trade even improve Boston? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I don't. Th- I don't necessarily think it would improve. I mean, I think Boston may potentially take a step back with that deal, potentially. So, you know, there's a lot of questions right now surrounding the team. And uh, from what, from what, yeah, basically what I reiterate, I'm going to reiterate what I said. Uh, from what I had read, they basically said that the if, out of all, out of the surplus of guards that Boston has, you know they got Derek White, who is considered off limits. They have Peyton Pritchard. They have Marcus Smart, 
and they have Malcolm Brogdon. They said the one guard who is most likely to be dealt, a lot of people thought it was going to be Peyton Pritchard, but instead the one guard that's most likely to be dealt is probably going to end up being uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Derek White's another guy. I so, really it should be very interesting uh, as this offseason unfolds. And to answer your question for the number three, do I think Boston will pull that trigger? I think Portland would have to really make it worthwhile. What's up, Keith? I think Portland would really have to make it worthwhile for Boston to yeah. offload that, uh, James my Brown. Now the Blazers, but yeah, they really yeah. Boston apparently really like skewed. He'd be their number three pick. Brandon Miller, Alabama's going second, and then of course the French center one, Bianca's going first. So Blazers have that third pick. It's very marketable because they can get the Boston could swap Jalen Brown for that pick and get like a like a new John Morant type rookie. That's yeah. Really I mean, here. they do have uh, another thing. Another thing to note too: they do have Danilo Gallinari coming back this year. Danilo Gallinari like did him. exercise his player option, so uh, oh, cool. Gallinari, of course, didn't play. Of course, he didn't play last year because of his, because of uh, the injury that he suffered uh, in the off season. So he will be back as part of that bench which kind of makes people wonder, you know, why would you even trade Malcolm Brogdon? Because, you know, you with with, with Gallinari coming in, you would probably have the most stacked bench in yeah. any NBA uh, in any NBA roster. Yeah. I forgot about Gallo. That's a really good uh, – that'll be a good addition. Still a really good player. But – yeah, it's. It, it, I, I guess uh, you know. If anything, they're gonna do any tweaks. They're gonna do it to their supporting cast. They're not gonna do any any tweaks to the starting five. Probably, mm-hmm. it'll probably be tweaks to the supporting cast. You know, like a uh, you know somebody somebody like Malcolm Brogdon, for example, or. Uh, Grant Williams, you know, there's there is talk that Grant Williams will will be involved in a in a sign and trade. Yeah. So it's yeah. those type of it's those type of moves that will potentially happen here uh, when it comes to Boston. Yeah. Uh, let's see another team, another team that could potentially be making moves: the Golden State Warriors as they announced that Mike Dunleavy Jr. has officially mm-hmm. been promoted to the role of general manager after Bob Myers ended up stepping down. Uh, Dunleavy uh, Jr. joined – he originally joined the front office as a pro scout in 2018-2019 after a 15-year playing career. Uh, the past two seasons he served as – president of basketball operations, as well as two years as an assistant general manager. So now Dunleavy is taking over, and he's going to have quite a few decisions to make. And uh, some decisions in particular 
there have been two names that have been brought up as potential trade targets. One of them is Jordan Poole, and the other one is Jonathan Kaminga. Wow. Poole so it's down. possible. Kaminga's still raw. Yeah, Poole is just, I don't know. He really had a fall from grace, and Kaminga's definitely been an underachiever. I know I've kind of been annoyed yeah. saying the same stuff yeah. the last couple of weeks, but they're definitely not proven. I think Poole would have more um, market value, I think, around the league. Oh, yeah, no. Um, Poole would definitely, yeah, definitely have more market value for sure. Uh, not just that, but also come the contract situations involving other key players like Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, Draymond Green, who, by the way, declined his player option. So Ooh. Draymond wants a uh, payday. Our our favorite player, Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, he wants a payday. You know, he wants a payday. And yeah. Triple so, needless to say, needless to say, Dunleavy's going to have a lot on his plate here uh, when it yeah. comes to making roster decisions. So, Golden State could be another team to look out for potentially this off season when it comes to yeah. uh, roster decisions. And a couple of weeks ago, we, we were you and Lou brought up some great points about them. You know, if they're if they're getting too old or if they Keep the band together, you know. Um, I don't know. I think I think I think um, it seems right now that they're going to keep keep these guys for one more run, maybe two, you know, a couple more years. Um, but it's like they they should move Kaminga or Pool. They've both kind of been Kaminga's been kind of a bust. I know he's really young still, but I mean that's another lot of pick. And then they, the team is Wiseman, the number two overall pick was a total bust. So they need to get better drafting. It's been a while since they got right. drafted about Curry, Curry and Clay, but that's that's kind of in the past. <laughs> like they need some new. Uh, no one can have no one can be a new Curry or Clay, but you know what I'm saying. They need to start yeah. drafting better. They need some younger players. Yeah, that are not, that aren't going to bust. Pretty simple. They need upgrades. Yeah, I mean, Lou, I what what are your thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts, Lou, on Golden State? Do you think do you think potentially we might see uh. Not not just not just with Boston making tweaks, but could we see a lot of a lot of movement from Golden State potentially? Well, I think we could. You know, after this year, I mean, they just didn't look like the thing they were uh, from a season ago. So I think there's going to be changes there. We definitely made on that roster. It wins the wins the conference whatsoever. Yeah, you know, I would I wouldn't be surprised either when you consider no. The fact that there's, you know, there, there's just so many, so many different options yeah. for Golden State to go, especially when you consider who is going to be, you know, who, who's basically going to be out there for uh, for them to potentially uh, to potentially either go after or, yeah. Because obviously they're going to have to do something when it comes to the uh, contract situation. Definitely, definitely. And I well, one of the biggest letdowns for them was Paul. He really took a step back, especially down the stretch. So I don't know if they do they know what they have in him anymore. I mean, apparently the guy's just like useless on defense, which and he plays no defense, which kind of irks his teammates when they're sweating 
playing defense hard, and he's not participating. Not not cool, but so he's uh, I guess annoyed a few players and coaches in in uh, the Bay Area. So I don't even know if they if they really realize you know what they they trust pool or they do they want to build around him. I think they quietly were ready to trade him. Yeah, I don't think they'd really miss him because they gave him all that money and he kind of like regressed. So I think they're probably going to try to move him to somewhere. Yeah, it's. I I know they're they're probably going to do something because, you know how, the how the culture is now over there at Golden State where. You know they're probably feeling that they got to do something. In order to, because you know there, there's a reason there's a reason why. Uh, you know that that culture over there. Ever since they built that roster, awesome. it's completely changed. It's awesome. It's championship caliber. Duh. You know, no, no, it's, it's incredible. They're um, they know how to win. They know who to recruit. So I thought Paul. Paul seemed like he just like uh, kind of doing his own thing. Wasn't playing defense. So I don't think he's a fit. I think they're gonna. I think they'd probably get rid of him. But uh, yeah, they definitely gotta. They gotta make a couple moves. I think. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Definitely not at this point. No, they'll shake it up a little bit. I thought Clay looked good. I don't know if he's done, but I think he's got another two years, one year at least. Yeah. Tom's running that, but I think they're gonna gear up and try to try to win it again together. Oh, hopefully, you know. I I just I find it hard to believe that with the team that they have right now, I just I, I you know the the talent I should say that they have, I just I find it really hard to believe that you know that they're, that they're going to basically make minor adjustments. You know they're not really going to do much. I just I find I find that really hard to believe. I do think that they're gonna try they're gonna try to to do something that will oh, yep. basically extend that'll that'll try to extend the uh, you know the 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 playoff contention window. Mm-hmm. Out there. Yeah, they they feel they're good enough to give it another go. So good. Love them or hate them, you got to respect them. They're, they're, they were one of the best teams ever through the decades. So they know something yeah. about winning. So, yeah. Like you said, they have a championship, you know, culture. They expect to win. They know how to win. You know, not a lot of teams have that. Yeah. It doesn't come easily. All right, now. You, know, you can't, you can't, be, you can't pull, pull at it. You know, it's like they just know how to win. They're very smart and Great basketball players yeah. too. Right now, let's let's also talk about the NBA the uh, NBA uh, finals because Denver and Miami. I mean, let, let's just let's let's just be honest here. In my opinion, at least, it kind of felt like Miami just ran out of gas. Yeah, 
I just going like down smaller, the line because smaller, a little bit you older. You know, too. it just look Lowry. Like they have a little mm-hmm. older roster too. When you think about it that way, and just got tired. Denver's bigger, younger, probably faster. Yeah, he ran out of gas. Yeah, it just it really felt like they ran out of gas because like you know there wasn't really you weren't you weren't seeing the same. You know, you weren't you weren't seeing the same type of fight, I should say, that you were seeing out of Miami against uh, you know against the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. They just couldn't. They really couldn't overcome it. Like they they were trying so hard, and then just they're just getting tired. Well, so, yeah, it was weird. You know, lose when you when you tire out. That's the first sign right there. You know, you had to have a exactly. lot of stamina when you go into a playoff, especially a final. If you don't have the stamina, basically, you're going to lose. And, you're going to get uh, exposed. Yeah. Yep. Denver, exposed. We, we've okay. all, we've all said it together way. on the show. We've all said it. Sorry, Lou, but Denver also has more good players. Definitely better depth, better bench. Yeah. More people, pressure legs. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, Miami, I thought that Denver was really just too much. Uh, for the Heat, you could just say the Heat uh, went cold. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the kitchen. Well, play words, folks. <laughs> yeah, we we did see. Uh, you know, we we did see Nikola Jokic end up winning the MVP. And I mean, to be perfectly He's honest, so to be perfectly honest, I just I didn't see who else could have no. gotten that award. No, the guy's so good. Not at all. How old is he now? Is he like thirty? Are we gonna have to uh, see him in the finals for like four more years, five more years? I don't know but, about that. With the way players see no, no, you can see that. I got nothing wrong with the guy, but no, I mean now Jamal Murray's healthy and they can they they got a heck of a team. So. But even in the East now, I mean, both conferences are loaded with talent. So maybe they get back, maybe they don't. But, yeah, Denver was the cream of the crop this year. Yeah. Yeah. I would be uh, – you know, one, th- one thing I know I know for sure is I think that this is probably going to fuel um, – you know, th- this, uh, this is going to help fuel – uh, their desire to try to make some additions in order yeah. to get back to where they were, essentially, yeah. to get back to the yeah. uh, to the finals. And we've seen it, you know, obviously everyone knows, but we've seen it in football, baseball. Like, when you win that ring, now it's more attractive to other people. You know, Aaron Gordon and Joker, they're all – probably recruiting their buddies come come play on the championship squad yeah. so they might have a better team next year we'll see yeah i would really be good. honestly very i would be very surprised if uh if miami doesn't make some sort of uh some sort of concerted effort to, to field a you know that's why that's why it really it really makes me think 
that they're going to potentially end up landing, uh, what's his name, uh, Bradley Beal. They're really going to shake it up. They're, they're PO'd on yeah. the, uh, the finals loss, so they might really swing for the fences. Yeah, it that really makes me move. think that they're going to – it really makes me think they're going to land Bradley Beal because of the fact that they're just – they're they're simply uh, it's it's sort of like when 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 you are on the cusp of yeah. making the NBA you know of of winning the NBA finals you're on the cusp of that right. and yeah you feel it you you see it ha- you see it happening and it basically gets snatched away from you essentially. That's got to be gut wrenching. I don't care that these guys make tens yeah. of millions of dollars. That that bites. That hurts. That hurts. I mean, the same college, high school, you know, middle school. But uh, people, good players, hate to lose. But like, imagine being on that level with tens of millions of people yeah. watching. What the hell did you go wrong? That's the best. I mean, these guys are probably really pissed. They're 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 ready to wait train and get back to the finals next year. Now they want another shot. So. Yeah, I think that that's a great call, Steve. I think the Heat will definitely be aggressive and look to upgrade because they're not satisfied. Yeah, first yeah. you last. Ricky I, I, yeah, I definitely think that they're they're gonna end up they're gonna end up uh, making that splash, and I do. Uh, that's what ultimately makes me think that they're going to end up landing uh, what's his name, Bradley Beal. Because, simply because of that uh, of that whole that whole thing there. You know, yeah. when, when you have that it, it's, it's like I said, when you, when you have that target uh, that, that, that opportunity, that window, you got to take advantage of it. So yeah, you do. Yeah, it's interesting. I would be Beal's very an incredible player. Beal's, an, Beal's like a legendary player, but again, he's another smaller guy. They have Hero, they have Larry, like right. Butler. You know, they need a big man. I'm sorry, Hero. Bam, yeah. Bam, Bam needs more help because Joker. I don't think anyone can stop him, but he was like having having his way with them. Like so, now they're going to add another guard, another shooter from the perimeter. They need they need more size. But you know, no, but I, I so I see them doing Beal and then adding a couple, maybe two other players too, really, really loading up. That's really. And Nuggets just kind of bullied them. Yeah. So you know, Riley, Riley's uh, extremely. He knows the game like no other. He'll definitely uh, fix that mistake. He'll have a much bigger roster next year. Pat Riley doesn't mess around. Yeah, I would be very, I would be very surprised. Uh, but Denver, you know, just just hats off to them with uh, the the performances that they got from uh, different players in this uh, in this run. In particular, you know, Aaron Gordon really stepped up. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen. It, it, it's weird. We kind of saw the old Aaron Gordon. Come come back from the, yeah. you know, from from his days with 
Orlando. The, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, from Orlando. It's or, it's weird. We yeah, really, because he was like the man. He was like the alpha hunter in um, Orlando, and then he kind of fell into like a role player for a couple yeah. years in Denver. But then he really this finals. So he like reemerged. He resurfaced as like an elite. I would say elite, but like an all-star player. I think so. Because he plays great defense. He's more of an athlete. He's not a big-time shooter. But he does a lot of other things really well. He's a really good defender. Really rugged uh, rebounder. So he he brings a lot of great stuff to the table. Yeah. So I definitely... Perfect sidekick sidekick for Joker, too. Imagine those. I mean, that's quite the duo down low. Yeah. Yeah, I was was impressed with... Yeah, I was I was impressed with uh a lot of the stuff that I saw out of uh you know, out of Denver in this run. In particular, yeah, exactly. ju- just some of the some of the things that I saw out of them. You know, it it, it, it was just clear as day basically mm-hmm. that that the Nuggets were the all-around better team, period. Yeah. Yeah, they really were. So, And then you got, you got guys like Bruce Brown really played great. Jeff Green, really good uh, veteran bench that didn't get enough credit all year. And we all saw how good they were in the finals. That made a huge difference. Again, they had better. They, they did, more yeah. Stamina. They outlasted the Heat, so their bench was crucial. Now, the one thing the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing uh, is obviously Denver. And let me take a look real quick here and see what their free agency list looks like, uh, because it's possible that depending on, let's see, they got Bruce Brown with a player option, which I don't know. You know, I kind of think I kind of think yeah. that he may keep the player option. So uh, maybe perhaps he'll end up sticking around. And uh, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think. Maybe perhaps he'll stick around. Um. DeAndre Green, or I mean DeAndre Jordan, you know he's a, he's going to be a free agent, but he he didn't even play, I don't think, this year, or barely, if anything. Yeah. Uh, Ish Smith is a free agent, but he was more of a rotation type of player. Jeff Green, right. that would actually be a kind of a little bit of a loss, but you know he's headed towards the end of his career as well. Uh, so you know there's. Really, the only player of substance that they could potentially lose is Bruce Brown if he rejects his player option. But I think it's possible he may decide to keep it. So yeah, we'll see what they do. We could potentially, yeah, we could we could potentially see that entire team return fully intact. I believe it. I believe it. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if we see that team return fully intact. And that would be very interesting uh to watch moving forward because 
you know, maybe maybe perhaps we uh, ultimately end up seeing the I, – I do think the Nuggets could potentially be a legitimate contender when it comes to – when it comes to potentially uh, retaining, you know, uh, successfully defending their NBA title. Yeah, I mean, look at their core. As long as they stay healthy, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray's back, and best big man in the world. So, right. They're going to be one of the best games for a while, I think. I would be – Honestly, I would be very I don't see this team having any sort of fall off that we you know that we've seen from from uh, from previous NBA Finals uh, winners. You know, I don't really see this team having having uh, a fall off. So, no. it should be very interesting to see. Uh, yeah. Heading into heading into next season, I'll be interested to see who, they, who, um, teams, who, who uh, the Nuggets take in the draft. Right. The Heat. I definitely think the Heat. Obviously, keep. I know it's a broken record at this point, but they got to add another big man. But um, the draft will be fun. Yeah. See what the Knicks take. See the Knicks. I mean, I, the I, yeah, obviously the. Uh, Always a good time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, I mean, I, I, you know the the Heat are gonna are gonna definitely make more moves. Yeah. Uh, but literally, the big you know the biggest problem for them was that they simply just ran out of steam. That's really all that you can basically say about this team is that they they just ran out of steam. And you know, I I, I saw a lot of people saying that they should have played Tyler Hero. But honestly, you know, would Tyler Hero have made you have, have made that much of a difference? No, and obviously we're we're not stupid. Obviously, if he was ready at all, he would have played because they're not dumb. So it's like he clearly wasn't one hundred percent healthy. Exactly. And they wouldn't just exactly. say, "Oh, maybe tomorrow." No, they they needed help, and they still didn't play him, so he wasn't ready. Yeah, he wouldn't have That's, made much. Terrible. He wouldn't have made much of a difference because when you think about it. He has a broken hand, or he had a broken hand. He's recovering from a broken hand. You know, it's it's not to say that it, that he would have made much of a difference when you consider the fact that you know he's been on the shelf for God knows how long since that injury took place. Imagine how frustrating that was. I've been having to sit out and be on the bench in street clothes watching the finals in front of you. He definitely wanted to suit up. Exactly. I thought the Van Gundy stuff was hilarious, too, where they were going back and forth. He, he basically told Hero he doesn't has no idea how to dress. <laughs> Hero destroyed him. I forgot what he said back to him. That was funny, though. Hero's, Hero, Hero's pissed off. <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there, like, in sweats, like, upset that he can't play, and Sam Van Gundy's, like, insulting him. <laughs> He's like, Stan, shut up. But that was pretty good. Right. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was pretty funny, actually. Um, I mean, he said something along the lines of, like, well, Van Gundy still can't coach or make a, make any funny comment. He's like, his, com- his sense of humor is, like, as bad as his coaching record. He said something really – he nailed him pretty good. 
<laughs> it was good. It was funny. Mm. You know, Van Gundy has been has been kind of funny uh, with with some of his some of his yeah. uh, some of his quips that he's put out there. He's got a lot of one lines. He's got a great, I think, great personality. He's a he's a fun guy. He he has been one. He has been one of my more favorite, uh, uh, you know, commentators <laughs> over the last over the last couple totally, of years. Not to totally go off yeah, on another planet, but or another topic. But um, where's where's his brother been? I love. Him. I mean, I don't, we all love him. Where's where's the other Van Gundy? I haven't seen him in as many uh, calls. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, Jeff, uh, he, I believe he was just added as an assistant, I think. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Oh, no, 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 I'm talking about Jeff Van Gundy. Is he still doing as many calls? Yeah, as I know, that's what, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, wow, well, he went back I to think he, I think, I think teams, I think teams, teams are going after him uh, to be an assistant coach. Oh, he deserves it. He's really good. I believe Absolutely. if I remember if I remember correctly, I think uh Dallas was one of the teams that was going after him. Interesting. But that could be an assistant different. coach. Yep, that's right. Yeah, an unhappy Luca. Uh, speaking and, uh, of Dallas they got an unhappy Luca and a permanently unhappy uh Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and speaking speaking of Dallas actually uh they will yeah. they will move on apparently from uh Christian Wood this off season. Mm. No, no they're down. moving on from Yeah, they're moving on from Christian Wood uh after only after Wood only starting seventeen games for Dallas this season, and then being relegated to basically a bench player. Yeah, they were desperate. They were desperate for a big man, and he came over with a big contract and really flopped. He didn't didn't do much at all. Yeah, so it's definitely. uh, I know they're they're planning. uh, They're they're trying to sort of. Re, uh, you know, revitalize the roster. Maybe, perhaps, uh, the reason why they're moving on from him is so that they can create a little bit of salary to keep Kyrie Irving on board. Yeah, potentially. Right. That's one that's, of the. Uh, that's that's one of the things I'm, I'm kind of thinking of. That's like a risky. I mean, imagine just having to deal with that guy. You never even know if he wants to get traded or he's going to uh, yell at someone or if he wants to stay or go. <laughs> Mark Cuban's got to be pulling his hair out. I mean, well, I'm fascinated to see what they do. Because, I mean, you just never know with that, that attitude that Tyree, you know, he can wreck rosters. He can wreck teams. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Well, I think he frees up about $6 million in cap space, I think it is. That's cool. I don't want to have to bash him. So, I hope he finds happiness, and I hope he, you know, I'm not like I don't try to hit the guy too much. James Harden, as we know, I, I can't stand just because he's right. kind of lazy. At least Irving goes hard. It's just, you know, mentally he's got some issues going on. But whatever, I still root for everyone to do their best. But yeah, I mean, it's just got to be so confusing for Cuban and for the coaching staff. You never know if he wants to stay or go. I mean, it's pretty confusing. I think. 
Yeah. Oh no, it's definitely uh you know, it's definitely mind the angry girl when the angry girl for you. Who can't make up her mind? Does she want to stay with you or not? Like every other minute, it's like, oh, we're single. No, we're taken. We're single. You know, it's just the guy like never makes up his mind, and it really yeah, it's, it's mind it's mind numbing when you have to deal with a head case like Kyrie Irving. So, so it could be a boss, it could be a girlfriend. You know, they're they're, they're everywhere. I'm not saying anything bad about girlfriends, but yeah, you know, everyone has some issues. Like, yeah, when you're dealing with someone who's just like toxic or does, is never happy, it's absolutely bring, can bring you down. So we've seen that with the, the rosters that Irving's been on. You know, it impacts right. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jordan, he is finalizing a sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group oh. led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, which will officially end his 13-year run as majority owner according to Adrian Wojnarowski of The Athletic. Right. Uh, however, though, it's, it says here that he will uh, keep a minority stake in the franchise, but he will continue to oversee basketball operations through the NBA draft and the start of free agency on July 1st. So he is still going to be somewhat involved, but... Uh, he's basically selling his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets, and I mean, ever since ever since he took over in 2010, my God, has there been? It, it's been a disaster, basically. <laughs> we, we saw one of his uh, prize pupils, one of his prize draft picks uh, from Charlotte, Cody Zeller. He looked really great in the finals. Yeah, Jordan picked like 55 yeah. bucks. Ten years, he picked like five busts to draft every draft. I don't even know if that's possible anymore. But he he, he was mo- maybe the worst GM in the history. I mean, I, he was he was really bad. Happy trails, Michael. Yeah, you know this is just a, this this is just a way of a way of uh, a way of saying just because you're a good player doesn't mean uh-huh. you're going to be a good, uh, good doesn't mean you're going to be a good owner or a good coach. Or whatever. Yep. Go figure. Sometimes, I mean, that, sometimes they can't relate. They can't relate to the players. Or they they expect the players to be as good as them, and then they they yell at the younger players and try to bully people around the building. That was Michael did that a little bit. That wouldn't shock anyone. I mean, he was a very abrasive kind of. Everyone has to be the best, or I'm going to scream at you. So, I don't know how good he was right. with, uh, you know, leading and you know, mentoring young kids that are 19, 20 years old that he drafts. He expects everyone to be awesome. Not as, not as correct. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously, though, I mean, you know, if you're – I mean, just think think about it like this. If you were the greatest player to ever play the game, you know, you would obviously – you would obviously carry that same mentality from when you played as – you know, you would carry that same mentality as a coach. He's not going to suddenly become soft. Like, he's, he wants to win at everything. What, he's the guy who's gambling and, you know, he wanted to win ping pong and bet 20 grand on, you know, horse games and a lot more than that. <laughs> he's a crazy gambler, but, yeah, just ultra competitive. So, 
Yeah. I, I never really thought about that that way, but it was it's kind of easy to see. Like what I just mentioned, I just randomly thought of that. He probably was really not good with the, the younger players. I, he, I remember he used to scare teammates. You know, he'd like beat people up in practice and scream at, scream at rookies and really shatter right. their uh, egos. So I'd imagine his job right now, probably doing the same darn things, you know, kind of bullying and the boss man, you know. Yeah. yeah and speaking of here. speaking of Michael Jordan, speaking of Michael Jordan though, uh, his former team, the Chicago Bulls, apparently yeah. are gauging trade interest in Zach Levine. That's interesting. It's been a bit mm-hmm. of a let. He's always like really good, and, like talented, like the dunk contest, but he's not like Brad Beal level. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Like really good, but not elite. I don't know. I never quite bought into them, but into him, right? Too big, you know. Great, like athlete and stuff, but I don't think like a superstar championship player. We'll see where it goes, though. But yeah, I mean the Bulls again—they've been mediocre for a couple of years, so that kind of tells me something about Zach Levine. He's not really leading them to the promised land. So, to be fair, know, maybe though, a deal, to be fair though, you can only deal, be as you can. Yeah, go for it, sorry. You can only be as good as the talent around you. You're right. You're right. Had, yeah. And it literally had like. God, some of their rosters are just, like, weird. It's like you're playing, like, an NBA 2K with, like, the, the guy who doesn't know enough about who to draft and stuff. Because they'd have Levine. Then they have DeRoz- DeMar DeRozan. They're both shooting guards. They're both, like, the, the exact same height. Don't, they both don't play defense. That's, those are the two stars. And then you have Vucevic, who's, like, a mummy, like, the center. He's just so slow. A mummy? <laughs> Not a mummy. You know, the guy's just absolutely... He has no no lateral quickness. Okay. I don't know where the mummy came from. Maybe right, like mummy movie again. You get my drift. And then, but then they had like three right. or four point guards rotating in. All these different role players that didn't fit at all. That's a strange team. So you're right. Maybe it wasn't on Levine. He, he's and also Levine did. Levine did play in the most games of his career so far this season in a in a season, uh, playing yeah. in 77 games. Out of a, out of a possible eighty-two, I'd give them both a fresh start. I'd call. You can do Beal for um Levine. Why not? Give them both a fresh team. You know, I just I find it interesting though that they're looking to move on from him potentially when they literally they made the playoffs this year. I mean, granted right. they yeah. lost in the first. Granted they lost in the first round, but they still made the playoffs. Yeah, yep, that's correct. It's yeah. just the so, the playing's like so corny though too. It's like these, like Chicago that like, absolutely no business being in there and no chance to win at all, but they made it in. <laughs> so whatever, it's kind of water. Yeah, it's like they're like you know like five games below five hundred, like cruising into the playing game. Like this is not a good basketball. Yeah, team. I mean they should not be near the playoffs. You know, it's right. Yeah, you know, granted, granted, they they lost the first uh, the first round of the playing tournament, but I mean, at least they were somewhat. At least they were in the discussion. So, yeah, I think that their big Achilles heel, their big Achilles heel, has been the fact that Lonzo Ball, uh, his career has basically gone completely downhill because of his injury. So, they've basically lost. Whatever made them 
a contender, you know, a couple of years ago. They've basically lost that ever since Lonzo went down with his injury. Correct. Yeah, great credit. Great and it point. also doesn't. It also doesn't help either that you have DeMar DeRozan, who's, uh, who's aging. As, yeah. you know, he's probably considered to be one of their best players. Yeah, 37. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not like he's uh, getting any younger. So with tough, tough roster, it doesn't really make sense the way it's put together. So I'd, I'd break, up, break up that group. <laughs> Everyone needs a new start. Page can be good. Right. I mean, Levine's ready to move on. Let's be honest. I mean, he's, this, this guy's kind of like a cocky L.A. guy. I mean, I, I, I assume he'd probably want to be on the Clippers or Lakers if he had his, his brothers. You know, it's like Kuzma. He always speaks about wanting to go back to L.A. So, Levine's yeah. like a big market guy. Joe Rosen is best friends with LeBron. Also really good friends with Damian right. Lillard. I think DeRozan's more of a yeah. Doesn't need the bright lights. He's just like a hard worker. Levine's a little bit like more cocky and about him about himself. Whereas DeRozan just seems like a really good teammate from his Toronto days when they won a ring. Um, yeah. So maybe. And I, 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 I do know. I do know the play. Lakers were looking at Paul. Oh, totally. He's, he's, you guys know that. Close to LeBron. LeBron too. Yeah. Yeah, I know the Lakers were looking at – they're looking at Chris Paul. If uh, if Paul doesn't get moved in the uh, in the Bradley Beal deal, you know, they're looking wow. at potentially cool. acquiring Chris Paul. That'd be pretty cool. The older I get, I'm, I'm not as, like, pissed. I, would, I used to just hate when the Lakers would dominate everyone back in the day, but now I'm like, yeah. whatever, I respect LeBron. Uh, if Chris Paul wants to have another, one more run, why not? I mean, he is a good, great competitor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they have added – or no, not the Bucks, the Raptors. They finalized the deal with Grizzlies assistant Darko Rajakovich to be their next head coach. And Rajakovich has been an NBA assistant since 2014. Uh, actually, he's been – a coach period since 1996 when he was coaching in Serbia. Um, but he did start out in the NBA with the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, from 2014 yeah. through 2019. And then he went to the Suns for two years and has been with the Grizzlies since 2020. Uh, it's just, it's, it's kind of surprising that he beat out Bucks assistant Charles Lee as well as a couple yeah. of other uh, coaches as well around around the league. So, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a questionable decision for Toronto, but, it, you know, it, it does kind of make me wonder if Toronto is headed towards a rebuild because yeah. you're basically bringing in a no-name head coach, essentially. And but I'm, right. I'm not knocking or Lou, I never would, but just keep in mind, keep in mind though, Steve, that sometimes like these front offices, they, they probably know something about this guy. Maybe he is like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right or not, but he could be like the next big coach. Everyone's got to start somewhere, right? They kind of like the international leadership with like the GM 
So who, who knows? I mean, totally unproven. I totally agree with you, but they might have something there. Got to, let's see how the guy does for at least a year. Yeah, but it, it, he's got to like, be doing something right. Like for, they, they, they know they know him somehow. They got him that job for a reason. Yeah, it, it's like for example, though, if you have somebody out on the market like Nick Nurse, and yeah. I mean Nick Nurse obviously got fired by Toronto, but just for example, if you have a guy out there like Nick Nurse or even Doc Rivers, you know Doc Rivers is still out there on the market, and wow, that's right, exactly, and instead. They decided to go with Roger Kovich. You know, it's kind of like what really is. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting right there. It just, it, yeah, it, no, it you're makes right. You, it, makes you think, it makes you think, what does Roger Kovich bring that Doc Rivers doesn't bring? Interesting, yeah. yeah. They don't have as much internet. Well, they might lose Siakam. Siakam's another guy the Blazers might flip that number three pick for. That'd be awesome if Dan Pascal. But, um, yeah. No, they so they have. But the reason I just randomly said that was um like international players. He's from Africa. Um, uh, Muri, what's his name? The GM is from somewhere over the oh, world. Oh, uh, Masai, Masai, Masai Ujiri. They, they just love it. It's it's cool. I think it's great when it's a melting pot. Like they just they seem like they really like international hires mm-hmm. here and there. So I think the guy's probably really highly recommended from like the coaching ranks. Just we just don't really know much about him yet. No. Yeah, and and I mean also though you know Ujiri is that's right. That's I nice mean he, he you know he's he's an executive, he's a former executive of the year. So they're smart. That's really uh, I think a really smart, like a solid franchise. I get back to their winning ways, but yeah, they have a, like a good leadership, good culture. Raptors were yeah. fun. You know they definitely. They had a grasp on when they hired Ujiri. They had a grasp on what he was going to do, but yeah, you know, right. I, I it just it, this whole thing just makes me think that they're headed for a rebuild. I think. And your that that brought, was going to bring me back my point to piggyback in yours with it. Yet, because now I'm thinking about it, I keep hearing these rumors that Siakam might leave and uh, Van Fleet. <laughs> if that right. happens, that's. 100% a rebuild. If they're two, like, captains, they're two, like, leaders leave, it's a rebuild. So, maybe that's coming in yeah. coming in shortly. Yeah. It's a, maybe. So that's probably, and then maybe, like, a, like a young coach with new young players. Maybe that's why they did what they did. Not, yeah, like you said, it sounds like it could be a rebuild. Right. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, I do want to thank... Everybody for joining me tonight. Thank you to Lou. Thank you to Alex. Thank you to Diane. And thank you to Kyle uh, for joining me tonight. A reminder, if anybody uh, has not done so yet, you can subscribe to the Missy AE podcast by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE. You can get access to all of our podcasts that we've done and any podcasts that we will do in the future. Uh, you can also find us at uh, any of your major podcast networks. So pretty much, pretty much, you can find us essentially anywhere. Uh, yeah, stuff. anywhere that that they that they do podcasts. Uh, that they do podcasts. So, uh, with that being said, 
Everybody have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys yeah. next Saturday for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Good night, everybody. Good night.